Avoiding spike-filled pit traps, snakes, and rolling boulders, it's a Slice of Gaming podcast. Uh, welcome to 2024, the first episode of a Slice of Gaming podcast for the new year. I'm your host, Moonlight150, and we'd like to thank you for taking a part of your time to give to a Slice of Gaming podcast. A uh, slice you of your time. You're losing it, Moon! <laughs> I am, but I did it on purpose just to see if anyone's paying attention. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You can follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music, and Audible. And be sure to follow us on A Slice of Gaming on Twitter. Uh, so we got the Xbox Developer Direct, so we're going to be going over all of that, as well as whatever little tidbits of news that happened over the uh, holiday vacation. So let's just introduce the regulars, the regulars of the show that we always seem to have on here, except for when they decide not to come. Bench. Uh, <laughs> Me. Here. It'd be better if his history was left untold. It's bench. Oh, hi, I'm here. That's fucked. <laughs> Dual wielding wands. Up. It's wolf. Dual wielding wands. This is crazy. He's my pal. He's your pal. He's everyone's pal in pal world. It's fusion. I love that intro. Pal world rocks. I haven't played it yet, but I'm gonna assume it rocks. <laughs> and roaming the lands on his pickle. It's dark. I don't know what that is, but it sounds clearly like you guys didn't burn paying attention during the visions of mana preview. Oh, I will take hey, Japanese fans, take hey, Japanese fans. Hey, how's it going? All right, so we got our topic of the conversation uh, today with the state of Xbox after the developer direct. So we're gonna do our roundup on that, as well as I said, the other little bits of tidbits of news. So we're gonna hand over to Wolf for all of that. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, haven't podcasted in a while, so if I'm rusty, uh, uh, tired about me in the comments. Call, oh, yeah, call that's what idiot. happened at the intro. Um, I was rusty. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, so, we're going to talk about the developer direct, obviously, that premiered... Oh, when did that premiere? Yesterday. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday yeah. So, uh, yesterday from when we're recording this. Uh, it was a show uh, that, that definitely, like, a lot of people were anticipating. We really wanted to know, like, what Xbox's plans were going into 2024, what games were going to be coming out. Obviously, we heard quite a bit of details on their biggest games, as to say. So, in general, we're going to be talking about... Uh, I guess we're just going to go right into it. Um, I, I'll start first and foremost, our overall thoughts on the show. Like, just kind of our, our preliminary thoughts. What do we think? Um, Moon, let's start with you. Uh, if I had to give it a grade probably give it like about a b plus i would have given it an a if at least maybe one more game had a release date but the fact that's like the biggest downside of the was the uh direct was literally out of five games only one had a release date so but besides that all the games look good even the game i'm not interested in which is that uh aura history untold there's like i mean it looks like a neat game nothing i'm gonna play but it looks neat but okay <laughs> everything else looked nice uh dark how about you i thought it was a good showing I, I went in there with like no expectation. I think that's the best way to handle these shows, but it turned out pretty good, all things considered. Uh, what's your uh, rating? Uh, if I had to rate it on a scale from like one to five, probably like a four. Moon just gave a letter. Yeah, letters. Now you're on. confusing the audience here. Yeah, come on. A It'd four like means a, a B. Dark, can you talk? Bro is so fucking silent, I swear to god. <laughs> like, I gave it a rating on like, the book. Okay, we asked for a letter grading, and you're like, oh yeah, I give it a four. I'm gonna give it an A minus, so there you go. A minus, okay. okay, cool. Bench, how about you? 
I'd give it a B plus. I think the biggest thing was not every a whole lot of stuff didn't have a date, and I think Hellblade was a lot of talking and not a lot of showing. Good to hear. And then Fusion. Yeah, I'm a. Uh... I love the way they do the direct. Like, I, I think the way they do it is actually like awesome. And like, I, I like the what we're, the pacing. I think like showing the developers everything's great. This time for me, I was more excited going into it than I was leaving it. For me partially, the game just didn't hit as I wanted them to. It was still overall like a good show, but I'd say like a C plus B minus for me. Yeah, I think I kind of roll around the same as you, where I, I was going into the show mainly really excited for Indiana Jones and also like wanting to see like kind of updates on all their other games. And personally, I don't know if most of them really hit for me the way I wanted them to. It, it is kind of just like a tough thing that not all of these games appeal to what my personal tastes are in games, but, you know, Avowed, I thought, was definitely the strongest showing which we'll, we're right about to go into the each specific game showing. And I guess just in general, I, I kind of roll on that B minus where I thought it was definitely a solid show, but I guess just like it more so comes down to what my personal tastes are in games. And also I just wasn't the biggest fan of Indiana Jones, which I understand a lot of people are very excited about that. So I don't want to take away from that excitement, but it just wasn't hitting for me the way I really wanted it to, especially from machine games. But we're going to go right into that. Uh, Obviously, the show started out with a little sizzle reel of all the developers, and then they started with Obsidian with um, Avowed. I forgot the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> obviously, this is kind of one of the games we knew going into it. Obsidian is definitely a well, very well-renowned developer that a lot of people are big fans of, and I think this was definitely one of the highlights, at least for me personally. How about all of y'all? I think oh. it was a highlight, but I think we need to talk about what the fuck did they show last summer, and why was that why does it look like a different game? So apparently, you know them. our 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 uh, correspondent, uh, our guest of the show, Bob, told me that they handed the sh the trailer, to, like at least like gameplay, to a third party company that cut that trailer, and they did a horrible job with it. Personally, I just think you shouldn't hand it to a third party company, but that's just me. Either way, the trailer last showing was horrible, and then this one just looks like a completely different game. So I'm like, what happened last time? <laughs> Yeah, I think it looks incredible. I'm very much looking forward to that. Now, shout out my most anticipated list. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, definitely the case for me as well. It was a very strong showing, kind of showing Obsidian at their best. Uh, I, I, is it just me? A small part of me thought the melee combat actually looked a lot better. That was kind of like one of my big worries uh, going into this game. Did you guys agree? Yeah, I, I think, agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's where I disagree. I'm probably going to be called a hater this whole night. I think, okay, better is probably the right word, because I think it did look better than the last trailer. But oh, yeah, I'm not saying it's like peak. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that combat still where I'm just like, this just can't feel good. I don't know why. I'm just still looking at that combat where I'm just like, it just feels weightless. And like the way the, the way your weapons are connecting with the enemies, I feel like there's no weight behind it. And there's just a lot. It just looks like Skyrim combat. Which yeah, that's is the thing, though. Twelve years old at this rate, however. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm that, watching it right one, now. It's... I'm just like, people. You would show this to like your average gamer, and they'd be like, "Is just more Skyrim?" Because it just looks like Skyrim. It's a weird thing with Skyrim, where like, 
I, I feel like there was a little more weight in the combat to Skyrim. Maybe that's just like a placebo effect, but like I look at this and it just looks a little floatier than I'd prefer. Obviously, again, that's probably just a placebo effect moment, but like the wand combat I thought was definitely the stronger part of the combat. I think that's kind of what my build is going to be is that battle mage setup that I always like to go for games like this. And I can't speak on Obsidian games because I've never played an Obsidian game. So, but I, I think I, I like I said I can't speak on it, so I don't know how I don't know how the other UI works in those games. But for me, the entire dialogue section where they're showing off, you're talking to that one dude, and like they stole like dog tag, whatever happened to like them in that group? Yeah, the dog tags. Yeah, they just like. I did not like the UI at all. Like the subtitle boxes, I did not like how they that was presented. I and that's maybe just a me personal issue. I I like I said, I've never played Obsidian games, so I don't know if all Obsidian games are like that layout or similar to that layout. And it was also I didn't realize this or like think about this though. Isla Hink over at Easy Allies said something where it's like if you go back and listen to that guy speaking, which I'm sure they can fix it. The way he's speaking and the way the audio is playing, it does not sound like he's speaking out in this like open terrain of like you know what i mean like you know how you hear audio and you can yeah. tell where someone's speaking from it just felt like very flat and like nothing like you couldn't like the audio just wasn't what it, i think they were aiming for yeah i mean like i do kind of credit that also just it being an early build of the game so like i don't think the game is fully like feature complete in that regard but also i do i i do kind of agree with what you're saying um I don't know if I agree as much with the UI. That that wasn't something that stood out to me. I, I, I guess, like, Obsidian UIs are not really that, like, flashy or crazy to me. I'm yeah, just I mean, like, if there is text, I'm there. Yeah, I'm, watch, I'm watching it right now. I'm, I'm exactly at that part you're talking about, and it just looks like Fallout uh, t uh, text boxes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I haven't played the true Bethesda slash Obsidian. Like, I haven't, so I... I I, do, I don't have enough time looking at them. So like I said, this could just be normal for everyone else. It's just the way I've seen like at least more games use subtitles and stuff. I just prefer like it to look nicer, I guess. I, and not me. And put everything else aside, I think Avowed was the best game here and it looked amazing. Like I, I'm into the world and the lore and I think they're going to build something really good. But it just makes me feel like Something's given off the same thing where people were saying about Starfield, where they're like, oh, it's just a Bethesda game? Or are they going to say, oh, this is just another Obsidian game that feels 12 years old? And I'm hoping that's not the case, but I feel like there's things in this trailer that's still just like, oh, it's just another Obsidian game, it's going to be okay. Or like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm right there with you when it comes to Obsidian games, where like people praise them, and obviously they deserve a lot of the praise, but my viewpoint has always been like, I love Obsidian for like how they handle story, dialogue, world building. But one of my biggest issues has always been like, man, your games just don't play well. And also like they aren't visual stunning. Like I think this is definitely their best looking game. Um, I'm fine with it. Like not looking like I'm not. I'm not sitting here asking for like a Sony big budget AAA looking game. Far from it. But I want like it is kind of weird how a lot of those character models look a little off, especially compared to a lot of the RPG competition even like going back a few years like it just doesn't look to the level that i personally would like to really like connect with these characters the way i really want to from an obsidian game and i i, I guess it's just a tough thing my view my viewpoint has always been this where obsidian's best combat system to this day is fallout new vegas that's just because they took the fallout 3 combat system where it's like why do you why is this the thing you guys struggle with <laughs> and i always like kind of put this 
as like a thing where at least with skyrim i could just not think with a lot of the combat and it works for me i feel like with obsidian games they really want you like outer worlds kind of frustrated me in some ways with the combat where it's like oh you gotta account for resistances and this and also the game just doesn't feel good where it's like just let me shoot them (laughs) at this point like it's kind of silly how these games never feel good to play if you're not gonna have good combat just don't have combat at all but obviously that's just not possible with a game like this you want to have that fantasy adventure and i i hope by final release they are able to like smooth out all the combat and make it feel a lot better than what at least what we're seeing and maybe if we do play it it actually feels really fucking good who knows um but did anyone else have thought oh sorry go ahead i think out of everything that they've shown this is probably the the one game that like it didn't hit like well i'm not gonna say it didn't hit um and like if you compare it to everything else that they showed, I think it was the lowest out of the bunch for me. Interesting. Honestly, this might have been the highest for me. I think this was yes, by far one of the, and I do think while not graphically, like the best thing I think, like a lot of like the colors made it really stand out above yeah. the other fantasy, like the environment design, the art direction. I thought those really helped it stand out. That's something that Obsidian, I feel like, kind of struggled with in the past, is just, like, their worlds look very bland. And, like, that was fine in, like, Fallout, because, you know, like, in Fallout New Vegas, it's like, well, it's a nuclear wasteland. <laughs> but in a case of Avowed, like, it definitely stands out just how colorful the world is. And, guys, I think we can all agree, that box art is fucking 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I think Indiana Jones and Hellblade have better, were better showcases, in my opinion. I, don't I mean, let's get was a good showcase. <laughs> well, we can talk about Hellblade as that was the very next game shown off. Hellblade Two: Senua's Saga. Um, okay, I'll be honest with you guys. I went to go eat during this section. I'm not a Hellblade guy, so I'll bring it to the Hellblade, the person who has actually played Hellblade uh, Fusion and Dark. I think you played a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah, I played a bit what of it. Yeah, what did you guys think of this showcase? Um. It's just, I, I'm so, at least we got a date, but I'm so tired of Hellblade <laughs> showing up and showing what I feel like is the same thing over and over and over. Because I feel like every time they're here, it's just like a few seconds of gameplay with a dev no, talk. Just... Wait, it did get a, a release date. It's May 21st. Yeah, it did get a release date. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying at least it got a release date. But oh. I'm saying every time this game shows up, it's the exact same thing. You could show me the first thing they showed in 2019 to this. I'd be like, looks the same. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, it's, a, there's it's already kind of... controversy around the digital stuff now and the game being short, which I understand it was always going to be a short game. But I'm sorry. You spent seven years, seven years to not show me anything, by the way, in these seven years, but the same <laughs> seven things. And then your game is still seven hours long, which I, I'm on this podcast praising short games all the time, but not a lot of short games take seven entire years. Like that's a that's long the, time for your. Video that's game. the problem, though, is like they've been promoting it for so long they can't show anymore because then it would just fall into spoiler territory because the game is so short. Exactly. That's what I was saying. It's like now I understand why it they can't show anything to because they just showcase. Yeah. <laughs> that's the weird thing. Yeah, but I do think it being short, that is kind of like disappointing. Because, like, the whole, like, assumption and kind of what we were led to believe with this studio who, like, made a really good game with Hellblade 1 was going to get Microsoft money and really, like, go all out, all out. And I guess, hate to say it, maybe it's console but, like, the God of War experience. Like, this, this was going to be like... their... 
this was their prestige, like, Sony-like game. But, I mean, it being eight hours and a shorter experience, 50 bucks, it kind of, like, doesn't feel like that. I don't know. I disagree. I, I think, well, one of the main issues I have is that everybody compares this to God of War. This is not God of War. They're two completely different. Like, if you've seen the combat in this game and how God of War, they're two completely different genres. I don't know why it gets compared. This is just Microsoft. Visually, in terms of how it looks, this is their, like, the cream of the crop. I think the shorter game works if it I'm just not... if in terms of pacing, if it's just beat to beat, I think the shorter time period will work. Oh, I, oh I'm not saying it won't work and be a good game. I'm saying it's disappointing because of I disagree. Because of how anticipated this game was and we were led to believe it was gonna be this big thing for Xbox. I mean, only... Have you seen what it looks like? I mean, yeah, it's going to be visually like maybe the best game ever made. But I would say the only reason I ever got those Galloway comparisons dark was because of Xbox, because of the way Xbox marketed it, and because of the Xbox fans. It wasn't anyone else saying this is our this is God of War competition. Now it was Xbox fans coming out and saying this is why you got this studio to compete with the God of Wars and those type of games. Like it was them that said it, which is why it was in it's all a, of our it's heads. It's a dumb comparison, in my opinion. This so is once just again, a it's physical just... showcase game to show like hey this is what we can do when we send a fuck ton I, of money into a game <laughs> i mean i still think it being short just is disappointing like i, don't I know. it depends on how to experience it if it's beat to beat i'd like i'd rather a game be short and incredible the entire way throughout than you add padding and it be longer I mean, obviously we're not going to agree because we're talking in circles but yeah those are my thoughts on hellblade i still i'll still probably get it day one and i need to play the first one but overall like Definitely walked away not being super enthused. This will made say. me want to go back to the first one. Like, my issues with the first one was that I just didn't really vibe with the setting at the time. Keep in mind, this was a couple of years back. But I can go back and try it again. But the showcase this time looked really interesting and cool, in my opinion. I will <laughs> say, the most egregious part to me <laughs> was when they were like, we got a brand new combat system. We changed the combat entirely. And they just didn't fucking show it. Honestly, so it's like, like, it comes back to what I'm saying. If your combat is bad, just don't have combat. <laughs> like, it's silly. Like, I don't get why you're just having this. I looked at the combat that they showed. It's like, same as Hellblade 1. What's going on here? <laughs> and when they said that, it kind of just looked like it was more cinematic. Like, people were trying to grab you all over mm -hmm. the place. And honestly, like, that could hurt things. But it could also help, like, I'm playing like last of us 2 right now and that's kind of implemented in the gameplay and if they do it well it could honestly make things feel more like it looks like a very suspenseful game so it could work but it also if they do it wrong it could make it feel very clunky it, i don't know it's just like i am kind of that viewpoint of like all right well i'm happy for hellblade fans <laughs> I, I i very much just like watching at the back i want the game to do well um but then we got this uh, 90% of Hellblade fans are going to be very happy with this. This is what they wanted. You know, mm -hmm. they wanted, they love Hellblade for what Hellblade is because of that shorter experience where they're telling this gripping narrative and it's weird and it's about mental health and that they're going to love this and it's going to be a great game for them. I think the 10%, which we might fall into, is more of looking from the outside and looking at yeah. Xbox and looking at all the other variables and saying, we want a little more from Hellblade. But for the Hellblade fans, they're going to love this. They're going to eat it like, up. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. The peop this, is a, this is going to get way wider than the Hellblade fans. Like, this, is, this was the thing. It's like a 
going to be a breakout hit for this studio kind of thing under the Microsoft name. So I think that coming at it with our kind of outside perspective is probably going to be how most people view it. Make DMC Devil May Cry. That game had, like, say what you want about the game. That's actually a fun combat system. <laughs> like, I'm just like, come on. You get it. Like, you guys made action games before. <laughs> What's this? What's this flimsy That's ass thing like, that I get shit. confused on with a lot of people, especially comparing it to God of War. I never, I grant, I don't think I've seen more than five minutes of Hellblade 1 footage. And I just knew just from that, this is not some God of War counterpick. This is some, like, cinematic, slow. Like, like you said, gripping narrative. Like, it's supposed to be one of those experience games, from what I understand. Oh, There's God. no combat. There's no combat no, or anything. So I'm, when I'm hearing combat, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, I hear no, there there is combat. <laughs> it's very bare bones combat. Like, you like, like, at, that, like, at, at that point, okay. don't have combat. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm fully what in the camp where I think Hellblade One would have been a better video game without the combat sections. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, that's what I always thought. It leaned more into like one of those experience kind of games. Or where it's supposed to be like a technological showcase of, because I know everyone talks about the audio of that game and the visuals. So I'm like, okay, so this is what this game is. It's a, one of those just like technological showcase experiences. And then everyone down here is comparing it to God of War. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I, yeah, I, I think, think what, sense. No, so my viewpoint, I don't think what um, Bench and uh, Fusion are saying is like, oh, it has to be like God of War combat wise. But no. I think what they're saying is we're looking at it from a prestige standpoint, the prestige, the quality the kind of scope of God of War. Not exactly the one-for-one one as the game plays. <laughs> Just yeah, you, exactly like what yeah, you're getting then, out of the God of War. I mean, we're talking about, like, That's what it is. I, I disagree. I think you're, the Sony prestige is like what everyone was led to believe Xbox was going to be going for with this game. The very cinematic experience, storytelling, deep rich narrative. Is. Yes. However, we were also led had... to believe... What were you saying? Go ahead, no, no, go ahead. We were, I mean, it's just like, it doesn't, it seems like they could have done more as well. They've spent seven years marketing this game. We're on the, like, three-year over. No, they haven't. No, no, no. no. no it's it was seven four. years no, since Hellblade. Yeah, yeah, development's, well, yeah. De- De- development started five years ago. This was announced in, like, 2019, right? The console came out in 2020. This is, like, I thought it was going to be a launch title. <laughs> this is, like, three years later. Hearing it is, like, an eight-hour experience is kind of disappointing. I completely also keep in mind we have we had COVID happen and all like every single game in the industry got delayed and this is one of those games as well. People just think completely well, yeah. out the window. But we got two Obsidian games that are much bigger than this. Like Pentiment is a smaller game, but it's even then like that is marketed as a smaller game, and yet it's still it's twenty hours long. <laughs> yeah, and Grounded is a big ass like open sandbox game. Yeah, so I think this is just part fan problem of trying to do this weird comparison as yeah, well as xbox comparison. as well as xbox trying to like put it on this pedestal it's like yeah, yeah this is one of our pillars of you should have an xbox for this game where like no it's this smaller experience yes it's very visually expensive and uh on and technologically expensive <laughs> but the games you should be hoisting up on your pedestals are like the avows the indiana joneses and whatnot the big action set pieces because that's what the general audience is going to want to look at consoles for their average joe schmo isn't going to be looking for this eight hour like asmr experience yeah i mean like i think this is why did they show it at like every showcase and didn't tell us beforehand hey it's gonna be a shorter experience (laughs) or just be like just be straight up and be like you know it's just gonna be more of the same of the first one 
because that was yeah, also a short okay. experience. Because in marketing terms, you have to always be bigger and better. So they have to say, oh, it's yeah. going to be a bigger and better experience. Well, I think this is, a, I personally think this is a failure at Xbox's marketing. And it goes to show, and Sony has this problem as well, announcing games too early. Like, this game should have been announced last year and it coming out in May. That that should have been ideal. But obviously that I mean, didn't that's... happen, and we're getting disappointment from that. Yeah, but then we would be doing the same thing we're currently doing with Sony, where it's like, <laughs> where are the games? <laughs> I will say, the last thing I'm going to say real quick about the pr- the prestige stuff, Xbox could have chose any game to show next to your Xbox Series X reveal, and they chose Hellblade 2. At TGA, in front of an audience, in front of 100 million watching, Hellblade 2 was the game they chose to show their next-gen console. If you're showing Hellblade 2 as your next-gen console, hey, look at us, this is what we're building, you're setting a, you're setting a naughty dog, uh, like a Bethesda, you're setting higher standards on your game right from the rip. If you're like, hey, we're building an Xbox Series X, look at this Hellblade 2 game trailer, like this is what we're doing with this console, you're already from the very get five years ago setting yourself up to say this is a prestige title that Xbox got and we're showing it off that's how i take it when you show the game out like in the setting like that i agree i agree i think it was just more of just showing this is what happens when we throw a fuck ton of money at this <laughs> and look at how this game looks that yeah, looks, looks good, really good as well, look at that com- show me that combat one again fusion. <laughs> Uh, we got a little bit of details on Hellblade 2 as well from a blog post. Chris Collin did a little write-up. Senua's Saga Hellblade 2 will be a digital-only release costing $50. The game will have a similar length to its predecessor. Uh, in a new blog about the game on the official Xbox Wire website, Ninja Theorist Studio head Dom Matthews stated that the game would not be getting a physical release and would be available for $49.99. Uh, quote, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2 will be a game crafted from the heart, a game similar in length to the first Hellblade with a focused narrative and sold digital-only at the price of $49.99. Matthew said, and you can once again expect to join Senua in understanding her world through perception puzzles led by her experience of psychosis and brutal and visceral combat and traversal gameplay, this time across harsh but beautiful landscape of 10th century high school, Iceland. Uh, yeah, so if I, w- I already wasn't going to get this game, but I'm, dub- I'm doubly not going to get this. <laughs> someone who's like digital only, seeing that this is $50 in digital only is kind of a gut punch because Xbox doesn't have the confidence to like put that up there where their words have been the last couple years like they don't think this is worth the 70 dollars that a lot of other games are and it's digital well, only they don't see like I it mean, being a physical well, i don't I know mean, like 70 even mind. alan wake 2 wasn't 70 yeah and on top of that think... when we're talking about xbox they're not promoting the game for you to buy the game yeah, they're, they're promoting, promoting game, pass. game pass <laughs> yeah they're like oh well, you can get it for 50 dollars, or you can get it for 15 dollars a month at game pass <laughs> like I that's clearly think it's showing it that they don't think it's the that full that... 70 dollar experience no no they're, they're just saying this is a short experience game i mean playstation yeah, and nintendo have also released their games at smaller prices when it's a smaller yeah. project moving. only um only Nintendo came out explaining like the, how they're doing their prices. We don't know what Xbox reasoning is for their prices and how they're like changing for certain. They want more money. <laughs> no, so with no with Nintendo, they said that they the games will be cheaper depending on like the quality of the game. And that's oh, what that's what you mean. Okay. No. You did bring up Alan. You did bring up Alan Wake too, and I think that's God, more. I do. You did bring up Alan Wake too, and I think that's more of Remedy wanting to not like. Go full seventy dollars for their games. Yeah, I think 
which made sense for a game like Alan Wake 2, which is more... Because, as we all agreed, the combat was the weakest part of that game. You're there for the story, and I think a story-based game should probably be on the Jeeber side. It's funny, because Alan Wake 2 is actually... I mean, obviously, hours does not equal cost, but like that game is significantly longer than a lot of games that do cost seventy. Yeah. So, and to be fair, Alloway Two was still sixty bucks. Like it's still, you know, I mean, like it's still. It was sixty. Yeah. Like yeah. it was still sixty dollars. So that it's still there's still some games out there for sixty dollars. It's probably hard to find out, but like Mo- most. Okay, so most games are sixty dollars. <laughs> it's just the mostly Sony first party games. That it's the first party games, yeah. That are to the sixty, I believe. I think the price, whatever, like, I don't care what you price your game at. If anything, cool, it's less money. I can spend less money on your video. I think shorter, I'm one of those people who think shorter games should be less money. If they're going to be a very short experience, I want to spend less money on it. Yeah, $50 is like that perfect price range where where you can tell the audience, yeah, this is on the shorter side of a smaller game than your average big AAA game, but it's also high enough to where people will want to go, well, what if I just got on Game Pass instead? (laughs) It's like in that perfect middle ground. Mm-hmm. My issue is the digital. Like, the fact that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just feels... Like, we've known for years Xbox was swaying this way, but it just shows, like, this is a first-party Xbox game, and they don't care about the physical property. They well, I think it's know. also because... So, we even talked about this. This is for the Hellblade fans, like, who are already dedicated to this, who will probably get a physical from, like, some third-party company that will make a physical edition. This is a game is not going to be flying off the shelves like a Starfield was supposed to. Well, so they're not going to make so they're not going to invest the money into the, a physical copy for such a I almost want to call this a niche game. Like I think we should just say it. Hellblade is a niche title. And even you you I, brought up Starfield, but what on the street is it like Walmart is like getting rid of all their copies and that could be happening. Well, that's, that's Walmart. They're getting rid that, that's Walmart's just getting Walmart rid of all and, Xbox games <laughs> and physical things in general. Like, even Best Buy is getting rid of a lot of physical games now and a lot of other stuff. So that's just retailers seeing the industry swinging more digitally. I'm pretty sure Sure. if you ask the average consumer nowadays, they are more... Obviously, like, us in the gamer sphere are probably a lot more in tune to be like, yeah, we want that physical collection for our bookshelves and whatnot, where I think average Joe Schmo (laughs) is going to be more digital. Well, I, uh, I don't. I don't, the case, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. But I don't think that's the case. I think still it is. See a lot of, you see a lot of Joe Schmoes. You talk to a lot of people. They just walk into a store and say, "Do you have this game?" <laughs> like, yeah. They'll just. I'm not saying grab it's. It I'm not saying it's huge, but I will say there. It's swinging. It's it's going in that direction. It's swinging. Okay. Oh, listen. My only viewpoint on this is literally. I know Xbox doesn't give a shit about physical. I've accepted this. This is why I don't buy physical Xbox games. I'm I'm just I'm not gonna waste my time because clearly they don't care. So yeah, this just isn't a shock to me. I don't. This, this, so uh, what? I don't is, give a fuck. This is coming out on PC, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Just, oh, wait, I see this. Uh, that's what I was asking. Yeah, it is. It's coming out on PC. Yeah, so the way that I see this, I don't think them lowering the price or putting it the price of this has anything to do with their confidence in the game or anything like that. The way that I see this, they're marketing Game Pass, and if this this is going on PC as well. You put it at a lower price, you're going to get more people in who, who aren't in Game Pass to try it out. And then if they like it, they'll be like, okay, we can just get all these type of games through Game Pass, and it just transitions people into it. That's what I said three minutes ago. <laughs> I just think the like one-two punch of learning it is the same length as the first one, and then it being digital only, and then it being fifty, all kind of together was just I don't, I don't think, think it's a one-two punch. I think I it's just it's all no matter what this game was going to get unfair criticism. That's just it's just, it's just how it works. You know, this game was always going to get 
fanboys, every, like just everyone across the video game medium was going to give this game a bad shake. And the fact that it's under Xbox does not help because let's be honest, Xbox does get a lot of crap from a lot of people, especially from the Sony side. It's just how the industry works. Same for yeah. vice versa. If PlayStation, it's just, we're in the same scenario right here where we're, we were arguing weeks ago if Spider-Man 2 was too short. And that was 20 plus hours. You know, I mean, this is just like, it's an ongoing conversation that's tiring. So like Hellblade 2 was always going to get this conversation. It doesn't help its cause, but it, I don't think it needed to help this cause. I don't think it's as niche as Moon, as Moon has said, because I was just looking at sales. And I think this game has, it apparently had over 6.5 million players in 2021. So it players, could be- on Game Pass. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I don't mean sales-wise. I just mean players have played it. So I can oh, yeah. see like 10 but million plus people like have as, played this video. As Wolf's saying, Game Pass makes that a lot more- yeah, to swallow that. If we were to like I, look at like actual sales, it's probably on the lower side. I'm just saying, I don't think we should like position it. Xbox shouldn't be positioning it like this is only for the fans. Like you should try to get new people in. <laughs> like I don't know why we're like saying this. Like, oh well, you know they're not marketing it as much because like, or what am I saying? They're not marketing it as much. It's been on every fucking showcase. But that's the thing. If it's at every showcase, then it's clear you want to have a wide audience to look at this game and play this game. So it's weird that you're just. Now putting me with all of this extra stuff, then now it's like, okay, do people, do you want this game to succeed or not? Like, it feels like mixed messaging. Well, it almost feels like putting it at $50 may, does make them want to feel like it's, they want, they want it to succeed. It's a lower entry point, and so everyone's like, oh, $50, I can do that instead of the normal 60 or 70 that we have to deal with now. I have I mean, I, no I, reason I to believe that this game's going to be bad, and if the shorter pace the short length of the game allows it to hit beat for beat is going to do really well for Xbox. None of us are saying it's going to be bad. Yeah, no one's going to say that. No, no, because <laughs> you were talking about like if you wanted the game to succeed or not. That's what I'm talking about. I think the game's going to succeed pretty well. We'll see. Uh, moving on. We talked quite a bit about Hellblade. Let's talk about Visions of Mana. This was their secret fifth game. They, they sprung a little surprise uh, showing that Square Enix uh, partnership. Uh, did this uh, showcase do anything for y'all JRPG nerds? I mean, I I've kinda... never played a mana game before, so... Yeah, I've never played a mana game. However, I kind of like... I mean, yeah, I'm sold on the game. As long as... It's not a game... It's a game that I pick up if nothing's around it on day one. If not, I can wait a little bit. But I'm definitely going to be there for this game. Because it just looks awesome. I mean, I've only played a bit of Dragon Quest Eleven, but it kind of looks like their substitute, because we know Twelve is going a little darker... So I think this could be their more, like, lighthearted, cheery game. And it kind of just, I mean, it just looks fun. Like, the animations, the music. And it seems like they have a team behind it who know what they're doing and are passionate about the Mana series. And also that dude's, like, jacket and stuff. Dude, for I was just about to say, that jacket was fucking raw. <laughs> yeah. Dude walked like, right out of Organization 13. Yeah, like, that dude, I don't know. I think it'll be good. And it also comes down to, which I think's a good thing, is Square saying they're not going to, output as many games and they're going to focus on more bigger quality stuff because i think it was 2021 when i square, can pull that up real quick when square uh, released like no when square released like 10 different games in the span of a year and they were all yeah. most of them were like very like trashy kind of like not super quality so them taking in and putting out less at a higher quality like what it looks like starting with mana is good for me i think that's a good move so what you're that statement you were talking about i mean we actually we can go into that later in the show actually um i don't want to derail too hard but 
Uh, Dark, what about you? In terms of how the game actually looked, I thought the combat looked really floaty. I don't know if it was just me or not, but it looked really Yeah, weird. I saw that. Like, it, the character it, floating, I don't know, it was really weird. Hopefully they fix it, or it's like just a weird camera angle thing. But other than that, like I don't know anything about this series, but it looks very bright and vibrant, which is a big plus for me. I feel like this is going to sound way meaner than I actually mean it to. It kind of looks like Baby's first action RPG, where it looks like kind of just like an entry-level action RPG. I, the the monsters look tiny as hell. Like, it's a weird thing where like I feel like the scale is like weirdly disproportionate. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks. No, that. I agree. It looks like the character was floating. That's what I was saying. Like it looks floaty. It looks weird. I am curious. I don't know past mana games, but hopefully this has a decent narrative to back it up. Because I think uh, people looks... love the world of mana. That's pretty much what I know. Yeah, because it looked beautiful. Like, this game looks gorgeous. Like, I think it's Tales of Arise mm-hmm. comparable, if even better than that now. I don't I know love the visuals. One. I love the visuals. Uh, the actual art style really hits for me. I'm just interested in seeing how that gameplay actually feels when I get my hands on it. Which, by the way, summer 2024, um, no Game Pass. So it was kind of a weird thing where it's like, hey, guys, look at this. And we were all expecting, like, yeah, the Game Pass announcement. Bench gaslit us, by the way, in chat when we were watching. He just said, Oh, Game Pass. It's like, oh, he must be ahead. They showed someone, that. No, someone posted a fake, just a, liar. a fake photoshopped <laughs> screenshot in the Discord, and I thought it was real. I get why Xbox showed this, but this is really big for them, given, A, the relationship of Square Enix and Xbox. If you know the history between that, this is of course. pretty big. And two, they're making big strides in Japan. So Xbox being the first one to get an exclusive showcase like this was pretty cool. And it's not like they like just gave them a trailer. They like they had to have camera people go into the studio and film all this. So, I mean, it was a big effort for both of them. Um, but yeah, that's everything in regards to Mana, unless Fusion and Moon had much or no. Nope. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's go into Aura, History Untold, I'm the only one who cares about this. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, okay, so I have an opinion on this game. Uh, it's a release for Fall 2024. This is a new thing, by the way, guys. It looks great. It looks like everything that it needs to be. <laughs> but my brain... My brain is stupid. And the whole time I was judging it, I'm like, this isn't Civilization. So I don't care about this game because it's not Civilization. Call me biased. Call me unfair. But really, it's just like, hey, you know, this type of strategy game I love. And then you're going to say, but like, it's not Civilization, so I'm not interested. <laughs> I think I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I think I this is going to be, it looked really good, but it's going to only be a game if I, we, I can get like a group together to play it. I'd never play this alone. This looks like, but I've never played these games before. But like, so me looking, this is like a, kind of new for me, this, this franchise. But to me, it looks like a combination of like real life Clash, like, Clash of Clans and then Fate. It is like the weirdest concept, but it looks so fucking cool. I seem like you could play as George Washington, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's a con- that's a thing in Civilization. You can like play as world leaders. Teddy Roosevelt I don't, I is pretty fucking cool. No, it's awesome, but like oh. my viewpoint, I-, I have a very unfair viewpoint where I'm like, man, just give me Civ 7. <laughs> so one thing I wish they did talk about more was that he said it is turn- turn-based combat, but he said it's like everything's happening at once. I didn't really oh, okay, so, so that's how civilization goes. Basically, it's turns, but like everyone basically is doing their turn at the same time, and then it goes to the enemy's turn, basically. Like you know, stuff like barbarians, like other tribes, all that. Okay. Moving on, we got the big closer for the show. 
Indiana Jones and something circle. I forgot the name. The Great <laughs> circle. circle. Okay, first of all, can I just say that name sucks? <laughs> Come on. It's like you couldn't call it like the Golden Circle, the the True Circle. It's just the Great One. It's like, come on, guys. But I heard a lot of different things. A very positive showing from a lot of people. I, I guess I'll ask you all right now how are we feeling about this bad boy. I'm I know this. I think it's going to be good. I've never watched Indiana Jones, as I know you most should. of us here have not. I have. Oh, well, I haven't watched all that. I watched a couple of those. But I think it looks good. I think it's going to come down to the gameplay, which I think looked fine. I don't think it looked bad like some people do, but I think it looked fine. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a solid, like, 8 out of 10 licensed game. When they, yeah, explained, <laughs> when they explained their vision for the game, it made sense. And it, the first thing that came into my head, I even said in the chat, was this is like, this is Batman Arkham Indie. And when I say that, I meant like, the Batman Arkham games, they make you feel like the character. And Spider-Man, something like Spider-Man does the same thing. You like you feel as the character. That was their whole vision of this. And I can see, I think the first person perspective is gonna do a lot for this title. I think Just, like, the, in the world and universe. I think the like, when you watch the movies, you will understand what I'm talking about. But I think it's really cool. I don't know, having an option for third person might be nice. Well, you got the third person when you're climbing. I mean, if the game is built around first person, there's nothing you can really do about yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's got some puzzles, which could be fun. Fusion. I mean, I know, yeah, I know, I know, like, puzzles and shit. I, I want to unleash Fusion. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to go into it too hard, but this was, like, one of the very first times in a long time where I was, like, excited to see a game immediately was out. <laughs> like four, three minutes of this trailer, I was like, "Nah, I'm good." Like, I, I I know people like first person. First person is not my preferred way of playing, especially an action adventure game like this. First person was never what I wanted in my mind. I understand it's machine games; they do first person games. Awesome! This is awesome for those people, and I understand the people who are like, "We don't want it to be look like Uncharted and Tomb Raider." Like, just don't do those things. I, I understand that perspective too, but it's just like. Everything from Xbox feels like it's first person. Just like everything on PlayStation feels like it's third person, where it's just like you're fighting two sides, where it's PlayStation, all these third person narrative action adventure games, and Xbox is all this first person RPGs and such. And I'm just like, it's all personal preference, but the minute I saw it was first person, I was out. Actually, that wasn't that minute. It was when we got to the whip gameplay. Yeah, that I just was thought it was bad. I just oh, genuinely thought it was bad. And, I'm, and I, I, I do not feel. I'm excited for Indiana Jones fans. Again, just like Binks, I've never seen Indiana Jones or could care. I could care less about the character, which doesn't help already, where it's like, at least maybe if I liked Indiana Jones as a property, I could be like, oh, at least I like Indiana Jones. I like the lore. I can jump into this, even if the game not like looking that great to me. But no, it was just like, for me, this was Xbox's biggest miss. It doesn't seem like that way on social media, which is great, great for machine games. But there was just something about this where I was just like, I went from pre-hype for an Indiana Jones game to be absolutely like this will not even think about my list. Like I'm not even looking at this game. I think this game could get a 90 and I would not care. Like I would look at it and be like, okay. <laughs> like this game was just it was the total opposite of everything I expected it to be. Which is maybe because me coming in with different perspectives and me coming in with different like what word am I looking for? Expectations where I'm like I expected something totally different and they went like a completely different way, which is like I sh machine game makes first person game. I should have expected it, but it's just like I really thought with the rumors of it being third person for a while, 
and all this other stuff on it, I was like, oh, this is going to be like the Xbox's big first-person action-adventure game narrative over the shoulder, which it doesn't have to be to be a great game. This could still be a great game, just for me personally. This was not the showing from Indiana Jones that I wanted, which I know Moon was really excited about. So I'd rather Moon end this note on him being super hyped about it than me just coming in here oh, and being very oh, well. I don't get to have an opinion. I mean, no. I mean you might as well throw it now before Moon gets to yeah. talk about it. Hey, okay. So I don't have a problem with the first person at all. I think, you know, machine games have demonstrated that they're able to actually tell extremely gripping and interesting narratives utilizing that first-person perspective. To anyone who's played Wolfenstein 2, the milkshake scene, that works because it's in first-person. That's all I'm going to say. But, like, everything about just machine games and what they're able to do got me so excited for this game. And when I saw that whip cape play, I felt a heart, a piece of my heart die because that just didn't look right you look at wolfenstein 2's gameplay you're grabbing two assault rifles mowing down 50 nazis at once this insane like you see these giant robot dogs you're fighting them it has this ridiculous high level action combat that is some of the best in the fps world and then you get this which i get it's indiana jones this is what they're going for i'm glad but like it's also like that whip did not look right. And the stealth gameplay, that was, that's what how people talk about Uncharted stealth gameplay, where they're like, Uncharted stealth gameplay is bad. No, that is, that is bad stealth gameplay. That did not look right. That's all I'm going to say in regards to that. But my viewpoint, the whole time watching, I just sat there, I was like, God, I wish they made Wolfenstein 3 instead. <laughs> that, that's the last thing you want to hear about a game like a developer showing off their game i feel like the last thing i want to hear as a developer is i wish you did something else and it's so weird it's like i'm very happy that a lot of people are satisfied with it i'm glad they are and I, i'm gonna play this game i'm probably gonna enjoy it but to what i want from machine games this just feels like kind of a side detour where i'm like just give me wolfenstein 3. that's really what i want maybe that's biased maybe that's like my me being a fanboy of wolfenstein I, I just I, I just hope with this I I saw a lot of people going like man maybe I should play the Wolfenstein games it's like just do that that's all that that's the best part of all of this is that people are gonna play those two fucking masterpieces. I don't I remember. Know. I remember they also said that they want they recommend using the whip instead of guns in the game. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> they had the, some of the best first person shooters of all time, and it's like use this whip. <laughs> I think the craziest thing, like, I don't, I don't know if you see the main people talking about, like, the funniest thing to me is at the very beginning, when it turns out that the reason why this game exists is because Todd Howard personally asked for this game. And this he's like, you know what, let's do this. That's crazy, even after Starfield. <laughs> we just like, let you know what, let's do it. <laughs> Moon, you got anything uh... to say? Yeah, man, we got we gotta let you talk about this. I know you're very well. Bad. First thing I gotta say is, when did I get pegged as the Indiana Jones fan? I I just you kept talking about how excited you were about it. And now Where? You're like, Show me the receipts. Have you watched? Show the me the receipts. No, he I just said, yeah, that looks fun. <laughs> I'm the only one here who's watched a couple of the movies. I don't know, but no, I guess maybe dude, I'm not. You know I hate movies. movies. They're fun movies. They're you fun know movies. I hate movies. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, it just looked fine to me. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much what I expected. As we knew, Machine Games was going to be a first-person maker. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be first-person. So I accepted that. 
I knew it wasn't going to be a guns blazing game like a Wolfenstein because that's not Indiana Jones. So I'm just like, oh. so I'm like, apparently the problem was everyone got all these weird expectations. They're like, oh, they're going to break the mold and do a third person actiony Indiana Jones game. I like, no, they're not. <laughs> I never went in with those expectations. This pretty much came to exactly what I envisioned when I heard, okay, Machine Games is doing an Indiana Jones game. Yeah, this is exact, and I got exactly what I envisioned. So maybe I'm just smarter than everyone. I don't know. The, um. So I got a question. Cool. I got What's a question. That? So we we know of the Sony leaks. We we've seen some of the details of their deal with Marvel. If this game hits, and I assume it is going to hit, because it's everything I've seen, it looked really good. Does this become a series for Microsoft going forward, mm. where they pump out indie games? Probably turning into an Indiana Jones dev would make. No, I'm well, not saying like, that. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. The worst thing is good. I'm just saying, will there be more, or is this like a one-time, one-and-done thing? I think this is a one-and-done thing. This I think it could be a franchise, but it's probably going to be one that gets spaced out. I swear out. to God, I swear <laughs> to God, if it's a franchise, I am going to fucking lose it. I want you guys and to I, understand that. And if I, if I, if it's 2025. And I see machine games, and I'm like, here we go. My babies are back, Wolfenstein 3. And I see that dumbass Indiana Jones uncharted fucking copy. Nathan Drake wishes, or no, he wishes he could be Nathan Drake looking motherfucker. I'm you done with want, Xbox. I'm selling my Series X. You, you don't want Indiana Jones in the Great Rhombus? I bring this up because we've seen how Marvel does their deals. And I do believe that Blade is going to be like a multi like, game series. So I, I was just wondering what you guys thought about it. I think this is separate from Marvel. I think this is more of a passion thing. Well, it's Marvel Mar- and Disney. I, I combine the two. Yeah, I do think Indy is just going to be a one and done, and maybe they revisit it. Yeah, I think like, they probably could. It'll be a series, but it's not going to be like Insomniac and Spider-Man, where they're just going to just go all in on that. They're obviously going to... They're, they're going to split up like a lot of other companies we talk about. Like, there's probably going to be a team at Machine Games where they're going to start doing pre-production on an Indiana Jones sequel if this game hits. While there's also another team probably going to be doing Wolfenstein or something else. So, and that's the other thing I kind of want to call out, like, Wolf's almost, like, hypocrisy a little bit. Hey, wait, hang on. Whoa! <laughs> so you're saying you're... It's like you just want Machine Games to just go and make another Wolfenstein. Where you're... So you want Machine Games to just become a wolfenstein company and nothing else where you're all like i don't want yeah. insomniac to become a spider-man only company yeah. <laughs> i would no. my viewpoint is more so i don't want them i want them to stick to making original ip and not just focusing on licensed ip i don't like how the industry is shifting towards this we need to make licensed ips gene park had a great take on twitter where it's like it is kind of disappointing that some of the biggest games right now like hogwarts like spider-man like Indiana Jones are all licenses where it's like we had original games from this like I never at nobody really asked for an Indiana Jones game because it's like well we have Uncharted at two but now it's like Indiana Jones <laughs> like we don't need this okay, I want to bring up something real quick Indiana Jones look if you guys haven't played the Lego indie games they're really good but that kind of put like that helped put Lego where they're at now what was those Indiana Jones games? Hype and up the Lego Indiana Jones. <laughs> Yo, if you have the Lego games, be hitting, okay? But like, if At you least I was And that's the thing is also we like... have to realize is the licensed game will always get more attention for our outside the gaming sphere. And that's why they Which do. Which wasn't a thing before. <sighs> no, sucks. because every licensed game before, I want to say like 2015 or something like that right. was always just shovelware. <laughs> 
Bad, hey man, bad. we got the Arkham game. <laughs> yeah, the Arkham game. Game. Yeah, No, the... no, because Arkham Games is its own original version of Batman. Where I'm talking about like the lightsaber, where there were movie tie-ins. Oh and yeah, well, yeah. The TV tie-ins, those Batman kind of too. games. Like, I think you can make an argument for how Blade could be good, but like Indie's already such a popular thing, and it's like. It, it's, I, you, it's really not when you compare it's not to really popular. <laughs> it's not really popular it got one movie last year after like 10 years since the last one it's not like they're doing an interesting spin on it it's just going to be another indie story like you have like spider-man and batman who are like their their own set like universes and their own worlds this is just in, it's in the timeline. I think we can like, blame Todd Howard for that because, as you even I, said in the video, we're making this we're making this canon to the rest of the movie. So yeah, this is clearly a Todd Howard wanted to go and do this, and that's the reason why it feels so in line with the timeline okay. of the movies instead of a Batman Arkham or Spider Man where it's their own thing, where they probably could have done an indie of its own thing. But it's like Todd's are like, no, I want this to make feel like you're playing a movie. I will can't them... keep getting away with it. <laughs> I want to give them props. They got Ford's face, which I think a lot yeah, of less people cool. would be not on board if they didn't. And this would have been suicide. Uh, Fusion, did... Fusion, did you have something to say about Indy? You kept getting that off. <laughs> no, um, shout out Troy Baker, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we did have the, hang on, uh, this came from Entertainment Weekly. The Last of Us star, Troy Baker, now channels Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones in New Game. Nick Romano over there. Uh, as Bethesda unveils the first look at Indiana Jones in the Great Circle, it's a long buzz thing. EW can exclusively confirm that Troy Baker is the one bringing the wisecracking adventure to life, the celebrated actor behind countless memorable gaming roles. He really brings forward that charm and sense of humor in such a good way, Machine Games co-founder and lead game designer Jerk Gustafsson tells EW of Baker. He's also a very big Indiana Jones fan, which is super cool. <laughs> I don't know why, that's just a funny quote. <laughs> so he's and also, also he's, very invested in the game. He's definitely not trying to imitate Harrison Ford. That is not a Harrison Ford oh, impersonation. Yeah. He's just I doing, I'm just person. rugged, tough guy kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, Troy Baker, like, I'm kind of, I, I, there was that time period where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of tired of hearing him in every single game, but I think he actually does a pretty good job as Indiana Jones here. I mean, what was the last game he was in that wasn't The Last of Us? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he used to be a bit of a He was in like, Moon. We played Stray God, man. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting okay, that. Okay, but came everyone out. was in Stray Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Every big name was in Stray Cuts. Fort Solace. Oh, yeah, that happened. Fort Solace, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that three hour walking sim, aka Hellblade. Anyway. <laughs> okay, whoa, wait. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think that's everything we wanted to talk about in regards to the Xbox Direct. I mean, like, any last things you guys want to mention before we kind of I mean, get I'll into our indie, state of Xbox? Cause... I was just gonna say I liked I I liked what I saw and I'm gonna play, but I'm a, I am expecting like a nice solid eight out of ten out of it. And yeah, Sam. Yeah, that's about it. I mean I'll enjoy it. I doubt it'll be cracking my top games, especially with how loaded this year is. But I'm I'm expecting to enjoy it. And so I'm gonna just gonna say right now I'm gonna put it in writing or record it on the podcast. Because we already have games set for technically fall for Avowed and and Aura History Untold. I see this as a late summer game, like a July, August kind of release, which feels weird for an indie because everyone's like, oh yeah, you got to put the IP game out for like the holidays. But it's like, no, Xbox's schedule is already pretty crowded for uh, the fall. So I think this is going to be like a late summer game. I was actually going to ask if you think it makes this year. Yes. Yeah. I I do. Yeah, I do too. I think Xbox learned their lesson of like you, 
we're if we're gonna talk about a game and put a year on it, like we're gonna hit that year now. I think if a okay, game was gonna slip, it would have been avowed. I think if yeah, I think if a game was gonna slip, it was probably this. But I think I'm pretty confident in all of them hitting. Imagine if it's Hogan <laughs> and you have another year marking. I swear to God, <laughs> if it is, I, I, I gotta complain about this real quick. I don't think I, I think Indy's gonna hit this year because Wolfenstein Two was 2017. And then Youngblood was 2019, which bar- well, Machine Games barely even worked on that game. What were y'all? What were they doing? Because like they started development of Indie in like 2021, or like maybe like a little before that. Is like, was Wolfenstein 3 just never in development that whole time? I'm pretty like how all these big companies work. It's probably a small pre-production team, yeah, just getting everything together. Well, we know Bethesda was kind of struggling towards the yeah. before its acquisition, so. I don't know. Maybe they yeah, just like, that last that's maybe. probably that's probably another reason why this happened because they're like, okay, if we can get yeah. the bag from Lucas Arts to help fund this, then we don't have to worry about just making our own thing of Wolfenstein. Yeah, or something I... got canceled before the acquisition because they didn't think it would have done well or whatever. So they could have had canceled projects or whatever. We don't know. Yeah, it's Wolfenstein kinda... may not have existed if Indy doesn't help with their funding. Kind of crazy to think about how just like Todd Howard in the last like five years has just been getting everything he wants. Starfield was a passion yeah, really. project for Todd Howard. We, we, this is a project we, This is Todd Howard's world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> you know, like the board meetings at Bethesda, just like Todd walks in, he tells you what's happening, and then that's it. There is no discussion. So let's talk all about. We wanted to push our topic for this right after the developer direct because. That was very much the Xbox-centered uh, show of the week. And we kind of want to talk about the state of Xbox in 2024, how we feel going into it, you know, what what are what are their plans regarding all these different bullet points? I guess I'll just start off, like, around the room. Like, how are we, like, right now, our gut feeling towards Xbox in their 2024? I think better than Sony. Talking. I'm a Sony pony. Sony is dead. <laughs> all right, Tarkin. <laughs> I think this is going to be one of their strongest years just with how everything's lined up for them. But you have, they finished the, acqui- uh, the acquisition of Activision, meaning that Game Pass is about to get flooded. I don't know when they're going to show it. It's going to be soon, I imagine. But the Game Pass is about to get flooded with all those titles and all those old titles that they're bringing back. It's like whatever their they Xbox or Xbox, but their E3 version showing is probably when a lot of that's going to happen. You think it'd be, a, I mean, that makes sense. Um, they just showed this, which is just a teaser of games that are coming out this year. There's probably even more that they're going to show at E3. Diablo 4 DLCs this year. Is it actually? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, it just got named, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, this is this year. Of, I forgot about it. They have, they have Call of Duty this year, which is like, even though, like, say what you want about Call of Duty, that's guaranteed every year now, which is well, impressive. They have the WoW expansion. The WoW expansion? They might be bringing one of the consoles, too. They're doing a lot. And we've seen with both now... Xbox is incredibly close with Sega, and now they're getting better relationships with uh, Square Enix, with both Final Fantasy XIV and, uh, as we've seen, with Mana. I think they're, they're doing really good right now, personally. Uh, yeah, just yeah. putting out... Go ahead. I, ju- I just say, this is probably going to be a strong year for them in terms of here we are, put- we're finally getting our foot in the door with what we've been promising for years now. It's like regular first-party games, as well as a, a flood of third-party partnerships and a bunch of other stuff like that to where it's going to be like, you can't, we've been saying this for years, but now I think it's going to, I think this is the first year where it's going to be 
undeniable. It's like, yeah, look at Game Pass. Like, here's what you're getting with this whole system. Um, and it's, it's also why I think this uh, indie is going to be summers because if they're trying to aim for that every quarter promise they talked about, they don't have a summer game yet. At least but not on Game Pass. The thing with every quarter is that people have been bringing up, this is something that they want to hit. I don't think they're able to hit that yet, personally. They might be able to hit it this year, but this year is kind of stacked. But like, yeah. when you go to the oh, next year, I, I don't I think know. It's, it's just action. something they're aiming towards, and if they're yeah. trying to see if it can, if it's plausible, and I think this is the first year that it's going to be plausible. Yeah, I agree. I think they, to, in order to do this idea that they have, I don't think they need any more acquisitions. Another big topic, though, is will Xbox keep buying? Because that's, that was their whole like game plan now. And how will they manage Activision? Some other thing, though, because Activision. <laughs> That's a company. I mean, these are all like things that we're gonna get into. You know, you're spoiling all my questions, Dark. Thank you very much. This is why you're Asking my least question. favorite. <laughs> um, I, I guess I I, I kind of lean more towards the positive side. Listen, I know we say this every year. <laughs> I know it's a meme at this point, but I think this is the year Xbox is finally gonna start getting it rolling. Ooh, I feel like man. last last year I said that and I was so confident about it. <laughs> We know how that turned out. I mean, Again, technically, was, they were right. They did put out a bunch of games. It was just not the games people wanted. It was Redfall. Lol. Um, that was last year. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels like 10 years ago. And then Starfield, which I know a lot of people liked, but like I don't think, it like at least critically, it was not what Xbox really wanted out it of it. It didn't hit the feel... way they wanted. Exactly. And then Hi-Fi was hit. just a banger. The yeah, no, it hit financially. Yeah, but even Forza no. was lower than it was. Forza? Supposed to yeah, be. For- they were really disappointed with that from all the Forza fans. What's going on? And that's my Go thing ahead, with this year is like, I have not been this excited for Xbox in years. Like, maybe since like the year Sea of Thieves, Stay of the K came out. And these games are way bigger than those. And that was like 2017 <laughs> or something, 2018. But it's just, I can't keep getting burnt by Xbox. And it's just like, I would sit here and say I'm excited, but. Until I get my hands on these games, I'm like, they're actually doing it. I, I just can't, I can't trust them. I, I don't know. Like, there's just something. That's how I feel about PlayStation. Where are the games? I can't trust what you're Phil, not showing. Where Phil Spencer is just finally just like, yeah, you're finally giving me your promise of all these amazing games. They get these games that's like really great every once in a while, like Hi-Fi Rush and they Pentiment. Like they have these lower budget games, but like I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for that game where it's just like, this is why I have the Xbox. I don't have an Xbox, but <laughs> this is why I'm sitting down <laughs> on my Series X and playing because this is the, like, I, Indiana Jones or Hellblade about one of these games has to be that game. That's Starfield what they were was propping supposed up. to be it. That's what they and were propping up Hellblade to be. That was, this was supposed to be the reason. Oh, it ain't it, the reason for the season with that game. Or it might be, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, we can all hope, but like, my, I guess, like, my frustration is kind of with you, Fusion, and like, people could say, "Oh, well, Sony, we don't have anything," but like, the thing is, when Sony does have a game, it hits. You know, maybe not for like everyone. Like, I know there were some people disappointed with Spider-Man Two, but that hit. It had a ninety on Metacritic. People were satisfied with that game. When Sony does have games that aren't live service, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're doing with that initiative. Stay tuned for next week's Sony conversation. But when Sony gets one of their big AAA like prestige titles, that game hits both financially and critically. Look at how good God of War Ragnarok is. And the, you know, Horizon Forbidden West, I know a lot of people weren't the biggest on it. It sold incredibly, and I, a lot of people do still love it. 
in general, it's just like I have more trust when Sony says, "Hey, we have this banger of a game coming," because I know that I I look at their track record. That it all comes down to track record. When Xbox says, "Hey, we have this banger of a game show coming," I weirdly don't have that same level of confidence. Where I was always like, "Oh yeah, Bethesda Game Studio. They have always put out games I love. You know, Fallout 76 excluded." Granted, though, that was another team. That was the excuse. But then Starfield came out, and I was so heavily disappointed. And the, it's a weird thing where it's like, I think that game was going to disappoint. It was probably going to disappoint even harder before Xbox, but it, it was like a weird timing. At this point, I, the moment that I will lose faith in Xbox is if id Software's next game is bad. <laughs> where it's like, that is a company that has literally, in their like 30 years of existing, has never made a bad game. So if that's somehow bad, right when they are owned under Xbox, then I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. <laughs> But in general, I guess, like, I have way more excitement for what's going on at Sony because they have that track record. And I feel like Xbox hasn't earned that track record for me, despite Hi-Fi Rush, which I love. I'm just ready to see. I think this is the year that they hit. Maybe not for me personally, because, like, honestly, out of everything that they showed off, I'm really mostly just interested in Avowed. But even then, if that game hits, then I'll be very satisfied. And I hope the other games hit for the fan bases of those franchises, like Hellblade, like Indiana Jones. So I'm very interested to see what's going on with Xbox. But we do have a lot more actual, like, specific questions regarding this. Um, I guess I'll just ask right now, what do we think the full lineup for 2024 is, at least in terms of their games? Like, what are the big, major heavy hitters? Oh, God, you gotta make okay, me pull so. out my list. Uh... So I have one that's it's a possibility. This is a really weird situation. Um, one of the heads at the coalition mentioned that we're going to be seeing them this year. Years it, is not this year. There's not this year. No, I'm not saying Gears of War. <laughs> there's been rumors of a Gears of War collection, and Gears of War two and three have not been remastered or remade yet, like uh, they did with one. So it's possible that can come out to hold people I, over until. Gears I want that Gears collection bad. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been like, like it's been rumored, and it's also been like it's never been worked on to rumored to never be worked on like for five it, years. It's, 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 if, if whatever it is, we're gonna find out this year if it exists. Like that plant, that franchise, the older stuff is still not on PC. Starfield deal is insane. Wait, is um <laughs> is Ultimate Edition not on PC? Ultimate uh, Edition is, I think. Yeah, yeah so I, I do think two and three is gonna get maybe Judgment as well. I think yeah, two, three, and Judgment aren't on PC. I know that for sure. I think Starfield DLCs this year. Then when that oh, yeah. we go back. I think we just saw yeah. the big stuff. That was the point of their yeah. development. Yeah, that's right? what like I'm about to say saw, right now. What, what we just saw yesterday, we'll get like, the funny thing is my most anticipated like Xbox game, quote unquote, is Stalker 2, which isn't a first party, but it's exclusive God, I'm so to Xbox for three or so months. Is pretty sure what the guy's right. So it's like... No, I think it's a Game Pass. That's all it is. Yeah, I think it's a Game Pass. No, no, it's, it's, it's exclusive. Yeah, it's three months. Months. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's huge. Months, we don't know. Um, yeah, no. I do. I disagree though. I do think they're holding stuff back because of um, like the E three showcase and whatever. Like the whatever the big holiday title is, which I'm I'm thinking is the Gears of War collection. But yeah, I don't think I think we know their lineup. I, I think we know their hand. I don't think we see any surprises. Maybe I. Disagree. I think Hi-Fi Rush port to Switch is about the best we're gonna get from things we don't know. No. Um... I think we know probably like 90% of their lineup, at least for big guys. We're going to get some smaller double A stuff. We're going to get a lot of partnerships. But in terms of like the big first party stuff, I think this is their lineup with maybe one more surprise that they could show at their 
not E3 showcase that will come out like during the fall holiday. But like I said, they've already set themselves up with two games, Ara and Avowed for the fall. So, and with indie possibly in the summer, I don't know if they want to squeeze another one in there, just cannibalize it. But I do think there's probably at least one more game that's in the probably higher end double A, triple A space that will get announced and then will come out. But besides that, I think it's we know their whole lineup this whole year. I will say, real quick, back on the Stalker 2 thing, I don't know the logistics on it, but apparently that three months thing was in that court trial with Apple and stuff. But Windows Central had an article six months ago that, again, we don't know the logistics, but apparently Microsoft helped fund the game a lot after the war. And at this point, there was no PS5, like, no PS5 version coming. So it could just be a straight full on exclusive. I feel like that makes sense. Xbox would have been yeah. like shoving that down your throat. <laughs> they probably might once they start ramping up uh, marketing on that game. I would say it's but... always at like an Xbox showcase, like when they can show it when they're not in war. <laughs> like, no, like they're... I mean, like shoving that shoving down your throat that like you will not be able to play this anywhere else. Oh yeah, give them time. It's that game's what September right now. Wait until yeah. Hellblade is out of the way. That's probably going to be the next game they focus on. Yeah, along with Indiana Jones and about like they have a good amount to like focus on throughout the rest of the year. Eric, you just did you say Doom Year Zero? Yeah. So uh, if there anything from that list is gonna drop test this year, I think is Doom Year Zero. You know the list I'm talking about. Where it was? You like, don't even know. Yeah, it yeah. That's my thing. I don't think it exists. I think it got canceled. I think that list went out the window with COVID. I think. I think you... that there is a Doom game, and that was just the one that they had at the time. I don't know if it is Year Zero. Whatever the next Doom game or whatever game that they're making, there's a chance of this year. Listen, you you know I want it more than anything. You know I'm the id software fanboy, but like I just I think they need one more year. I think next year is when we're gonna get id Soft's next game. Uh, which I personally I think it's gonna be Quake. That's been rumored forever now, and I think Doom Year Zero just got and there was canceled. that new rumor in the Indiana Jones trailer. I don't Yeah, think... and also it's just like in general uh what was it what was their name uh doom eternal the ancient gods part two ends in a way where it's like where do you go next and i understand year zero is supposed to be a prequel but like i it feels weird to do like this and then oh prequel (laughs) so after that dlc came out i forget who it was it was somebody that brought up the idea of a female doom slayer that sounds like they were they were getting to detail about like how it would work it sounded awesome okay i want that people you know, you want to deal with people calling Doom woke for a year? I don't know. I, 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 like, I think it's awesome, but like, I just know that's going to happen. It'll be the Dark Siders 3 we never got. I I don't think it's this year. However, I think at the Summer Showcase, the Oblivion remaster gets announced. And I think it's actually going to be a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah. Oh, so the, the funny yeah. thing about the Oblivion remake, remaster, whatever it is, this is also the same year that the the Sky Oblivion, like if you yeah, guys yeah, the know, Sky Oblivion project, Sky Oblivion yeah. project's been going on for a really long time, and they've done an incredible job of remaking Oblivion and Skyrim. Like I think that finishes is, this year. I think this is like a prime remaster where there it's going to be. Oh no! This game needs a remake. <laughs> a remaster. It's gonna. It's no, no. That's the thing. I think it's gonna be very much a remake where they do do, yeah. they do touch up this game a lot more. I think to the. Lo- I feel like my viewpoint has always just been it's basically going to be Oblivion and a prettier Skyrim engine. And I think, like, I tried playing Oblivion multiple times. It, I can't. Nope. I just Me neither. Better menus is better menus and a 
decent combat. combat system, yeah. I think it's like Todd Howard's ears perked up when you said menus. <laughs> I think it's gonna be maybe. I don't think it's this year, but I think we're gonna I think it could be early twenty twenty five. Yeah, that sounds like a early drop of like a February March game for next year. Same. I will so I will say this. We have not we've been talking about Xbox and Bethesda's first parties, but they have Activision Blizzard now, and this kind of correlates to another question I have of how they handle incorporating ActaBliz into the Xbox fold. Like, do we have any opinions on like what Activision Blizzard games are going to release this year? And if anyone makes an Overwatch three joke, I will kick you from the call. It's just Call of Duty. And yeah, it's just Call of Duty. It's, wait, just it's just Call of Duty. Duty. And they're gonna announce. They're gonna announce that game that uh. What is it, the survival game? Yeah. That we know that they're working. They're gonna show it. I don't think it's coming out this year. But they're gonna show it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the most we're gonna get out of Activision, at least for this year, is the Call of Duty and the slow. I can. I'm pretty much guarantee you the summer event that they're gonna have where they would have had E3. There's. It's gonna be the first rollout of a bunch of Activision Blizzard games on Game Pass, and that's probably all that's Ew. probably gonna happen this year. There was that rumored Spyro game. Um, they did kind of the, the Spyro devs basically just tweeted us like you gotta believe or something like that, which is fucked up. By the way, I want to say that right now. Perhaps I, the I want the it crossover? more than anything. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, I want it more than anything. I don't really believe that Spyro Four is coming, but like, I want it. <laughs> the thing with Activision Blizzard is that a they have to go like we've seen the court case of how that thing went. Like they they need some serious thing. Serious restructuring, but um, Bill just went in there like recently, and he's like, "Okay, what do you guys want to do?" So whatever deals that they're making now for whatever game, we're not gonna see that for a hot. Yeah, minute. we're we're not gonna see the like repercussions of a new Activision Blizzard post deal for like four years, three years, five. No, years. I think no. the only things that you will see is guaranteed is COD, and probably WoW coming to console. I think they're gonna push that really heavily because it just makes sense to do so. I, I think... do. Th- I don't think you're. I think you're saying it too far out, Bench. It's probably they they're getting started on whatever they want to do this year, and I can almost I don't want to say guarantee, but it feels very likely that Bill is going to take a bunch of these studios off COD and then let them experiment, do a bunch of like filler. I hate calling them filler, but like Pentiment size, Hi-Fi Rush size games, and let them just because they want that Game Pass uh, filler to put in in between all like the indies and whatnot and that seems like the perfect opportunity is to okay we just got all these studios and let's them let let's let them have some fun and see if they can fill out our calendar a bit and see what they can do and see how the uh the people respond to it like if they come out with a i don't know some new action platform or like like a game like a penny's big break kind of size game and people like it and they're like okay cool because i think that's what us xbox wants to do is everyone saying xbox got no games they don't got no franchises this is their opportunity for all their creatives to spitball a bunch of ideas that they can turn into franchises that are xbox exclusives there was that uh we'll say uh there was that rumor of the banjo game that That bill literally said hey banjo fans i hear you again fucked up just don't say anything until it's revealed. Look, Bob uh, I, do, is Banjo for. I, I mean, I don't think it's Toys for Bob. I don't know who's making it. I don't think it's Toys for Bob because apparently this was in development before they acquired Activision Blizzard. I believe in the rumors. The question is, if it gets revealed even this year, I, I think I could at least see it revealed. 
this year for the yeah, next if it's, if it's an if it's been an active development i could see them announcing it this year i i do think a lot of the stuff that has probably been in the works for the past couple of years we get announcements this year and then the the newer stuff we probably start getting like teases and announcements next year have a long-term nice. prediction for wow i got a i think um wow on top of be ending up on xbox instead on playstation i mean the other one makes sense yeah, of course. So it's going to end up on Xbox and not a PlayStation. It's, it's no, I think, I, no, I think it ends up on PlayStation. No, he's saying it, it'll be multiplayer. Oh, no. Yes. So. No, so the thing is, with MOBAs, it makes it even Elder Scrolls, <laughs> with, um, Elder Scrolls Online, it's on PS2, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, they'll do it the same way. But you just make more money, though. Well, yeah, but you get more with Elder like Scrolls Online, they, that was all. That was before they made the deal. <laughs> That's why it's still I, on PlayStation. They want to fulfill think... those obligations. You want to get as many, as many new WoW will. players subscriptions. Like, that's just, I think it ends up What on they can do, however, is that they can make the WoW subscription as part of Game Pass. Yeah. And that'll yeah. be fucking insane. There's not going to be, not be perks for being on Xbox, but it'll end up on PlayStation. I, do think I don't so, know if cause... they're going to... So, uh, they're not going to give you an outright WoW subscription. I could see an, uh, a WoW discount. But, like, no, those subscriptions get, are way more expensive than you think. I think if you get Game Pass Ultimate, you're going to get a WoW subscription part of it. Just the standard the, whatever. Game Pass Ultimate. Game Pass Ultimate costs the same as a WoW subscription. That's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out. So that's why I don't think you're going to get an outright WoW subscription. So the thing you'll is probably like, get, like, a WoW trial or something. You'll get crazy. a trial or you'll get, like, a, a discount. But the you're way not Final Fantasy fourteen does it, like, you can go up to, like, level 40 or whatever. <laughs> I can well, see Game Pass in a way that doesn't like kind of allow that for WoW. So you can get a Game Pass like I I I I'll say this: you can get a Game Pass Ultimate plus WoW, and it's like a discount of like twenty twenty five a month. <laughs> but like you're not gonna get it outright. Like just and now Game Pass Ultimate comes with WoW. <laughs> like that is nope. <laughs> but before Activision became the Call of Duty machine, they were kind of like known for their third party games. Will that come back now? If, they, if, if nope. Xbox breaks up the Call of Duty teams, will they be doing more into third party? That's what I was just saying. They are. I'm pretty sure they are. No, I'm because... talking about like more like licensed IPs, third party. I think so because Xbox can is clearly showing they want to go for the mass audience, and that's how you get a mass audience to recognize you is you bring in a couple. A recognizable IP, and then once you're here, hey, check out High Fire Rush. Check out all these other games that we have. But to get people in the door, you got to have something like an Indiana Jones, where you can plaster that on Doritos bags and whatnot. I'm I'm telling you right now, when those Transformers of War for Cybertron games come to Game Pass, they're going to be a resurgence. I need this game back. Dude, I don't know what is your obsession with this fucking yeah. game. He keeps bringing it up like it's the fucking it's gospel. It's two, it's two games. They're masterpieces. I'm telling you, these games are slept on. Bro uses that word so goddamn loose. <laughs> Everyone who's played these games say the same shit. I don't think they'll become I... like a fully licensed game company, but I do oh, think no, I don't oh, think we're gonna players. we're gonna get like one like every we're gonna get like one a year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Activision okay, so became a whole thing like that, but yeah. I fact-checked it real quick. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate is $17 a month. A WoW subscription is $15 a month. Looks <laughs> like right there. Jesus Christ, why is it so expensive? Wait, what about like, WoW Classic? Wow? So I think Classic? WoW Classic is what they're going to be bringing. 
Let me check real quick. Um, I mean, it depends. It was funny. They said they're doing uh, WoW Classic Cataclysm, and all the WoW fans were like, we wanted WoW Classic so we didn't have to deal with Cataclysm. <laughs> like, the map changes for Cataclysm. I'm interested to hear from, like, actual WoW fans how they would feel about sure, WoW Classic. is $15 still. I assume it's the same price. Yeah, yeah I don't I know when they would... Um, they wouldn't, I doubt they would change it. I don't know how many people are playing WoW Classic right now. I know it was a huge thing when it came a out, lot. but a lot of people are back on normal WoW with like the new expansion coming and stuff. Yeah, I think this year is going to be a formative year for WoW if the expansion hits. So, I've yeah, WoW's never for me, but I think it'll be big. Crazy to think that yeah, like, a lot of these games. <laughs> crazy to think that a lot of these games are all going to be on Xbox. Like this is going to be a massive influx of profit for them with them with Final Fantasy fourteen and WoW on that console. Oh, real quick. Okay, WoW Classic comes with a WoW subscription, like a normal yeah, WoW it's subscription. Yeah, the same stuff. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in regards to like the Activision Blizzard like culmination. But I think our main viewpoint right now, and I, I think you guys agree with me, we're not gonna really see the like crux of that like partnership really go in, in this year. It's just too early. They just acquired next it. year at most. Yeah, that's kind of my viewpoint as well. Because they can um, crank out like some small double A game, start from like this year to next year by like the end of next year. So yeah, I could see like us starting to see like some games coming out from them by like next summer event. Uh, moving on, I do want to talk about Xbox Game Pass. How? So I'll start. Do we see the subscription? Oh my god! We do not have to be an advertisement podcast, guys. Like, I want we don't the have Xbox sponsors. sponsorship. <laughs> We're not gonna get it. <laughs> Listen, there's too many but ponies here. Th- there's two ponies. Three. Me and Fusion. No, yet we don't accept you. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I guess like I have to ask like off the bat, like how much do we think the Game Pass will grow? And I guess like more so on the consumer side how do we feel it will grow like do we think we're gonna get that price increase this year like in terms of like brand new releases old releases like what is that growth uh structure going to be looking at okay i think what's gonna happen the e3 showcase or not e3 is gonna happen it's gonna be like call of duty is coming to game pass this year so that's what this is when it's happening and that alone is gonna change everything there's gonna be a massive influx of people because of that alone I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, they're gonna add, they're gonna, they're gonna drop that bomb, and then they're gonna drop the bomb that all of the old servers for Call of Duty are being, like, worked on, and, like, are up again, and they're all on Game Pass, and they're probably gonna shadow drop it, and it's gonna be a resurgence. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, the big thing, they fixed those servers recently, so I do think very much, like, you're gonna get those, uh, all those COD games to jump into Game Pass, that's a very easy marketing beat. I don't know if I agree with you guys, like what you were saying earlier, that you're not going to get the Activision Blizzard like blowout of their old games until uh, what was it, summer? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I they're going to start rolling out and kind of like what happened with all the Bethesda games is the first wave happened at E3, and then like a couple months later we got another like another wave of like four, five, six games. I think that's what's going to happen with this. The thing with Bethesda, um, it kind of just landed around the same time. The thing with uh, Activision, they said that they didn't work on it because they were too busy dealing with the whole trial and all of that. 
I can see him I mean, doing a... it within the next couple of months. Maybe even like next month. Who knows? Because if Xbox it, it... is a dead month for whatever reason, it's be like just drop the games. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. It's like they right now their first quarter is kind of dead. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're ramping it up. They also didn't have yeah. um, when they. You know what they're doing is they're they're writing off the uh, Persona high is what they're doing for the early Game Pass numbers. That's another big thing, like third party support. But um, that's gonna um, yeah, that's what's gonna be carrying them is the big third party support. Uh, when Bethesda they were finished, they had like a sit down where they talked. Like Phil was there, they had a bunch of other people. They were talking about like what their plans are. We haven't had that with Activision. They're still, I think they're still kicking. Is Bobby still there? Or is it? No, Bobby? no, he left. He left at the end of winter break. That was a national holiday. Okay. Yeah. Soon we're gonna get that sit down and like they're gonna go into detail with like what they're doing with all these. Titles and all that. Uh, moving on. I did want to ask, game I, third party partnerships. You know, this is kind of a very common thing for a while. Xbox kind of securing a deal with a third party company like an EA or Capcom and saying, "Hey, you can get buy this brand new game. You can get it on Game Pass day one." Do we expect a situation like that for any of the currently like twenty twenty four scheduled games, other than Hollow Knight Silk Song, which is a twenty twenty four game? Oh, Fusion woke I, up. I think, I think Persona Three Reloads would be huge because we just know that Sega games have been doing incredible in Game Pass. I think Metaphor might squeeze in there. I'm, I'm not get like I'm not hundred percent certain, but if there is a game to get in there, it's going to be Metaphor. Metaphor does seem likely. Uh, the only reason I don't see them doing it is because they want to like um, test the waters on a new franchise. I don't know if they want to directly throw it out on Game Pass. I don't know. Feels like like you would want to because put the un what's the word I'm looking for the unknown like you don't know how well this game is going to sell on the game I pass because then you at least get that bag so but I don't know we'll we'll know like by the time Persona Three is on Game Pass because then they'll start ramping up marketing for that game and like that's probably when they'll announce yeah, even it's, it's what they might pass. do it might not be day one but it's gonna release before the, the year ends it's possible that, that game's like holiday on Game Pass. That that's also very possible because granted, Soul Hackers is another is another story because it was a failure of a game. Now, if this is a hit of a game, they might not throw it on Game Pass right away. Have you seen what this game looks like? It is like it's not a Soul Hacker situation. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying because you were saying it could be on Game Pass by Hollywood. The only reason Soul Hackers went to Game Pass so quickly was because it was a failure of a game. Whereas this will hopefully be a success of a game, they might not oh, yeah. throw it on Game Pass right away. I could see it down the line, like maybe sometime late next year, like after a year of uh, Atlas, like, okay, we got our money from Metaphor for the most part. Okay, now we'll throw it to Game Pass for another bag from Microsoft. Well, well I think it's possible that they might, we might see Square Enix start bringing back the Final Fantasies on Game Pass. Because they had a big thing before where they brought all of them, and then they took them all away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird thing where they're like, hey guys, look, we can play all the Final Fantasy games. It's like, hell yeah! But like a year later, like, okay, we're taking them back. <laughs> I think it was the same thing with the Yakuza games, or are they still on Game Pass? Uh, they left and then they came back. Yeah, so that was just a. Yeah, a I could see a situation like that then. For the Yakuza stuff? Yeah, I could see a situation like that. Well, I think what happened was they put all the Yakuza games on there because it was during their big push for like, we're going to put all these Japanese games on there to for the. Cause they were making their big push for the Japan, uh, Japanese market. And then those contracts expired, so they all left. 
And then I think they saw like, oh, these certain ones like Yakuza were still really popular, so they renewed a bunch of them and got all the Yakuza game uh, games back. Because other games like um, Somnium Files and whatnot are still aren't back. So I think it's just like Yakuza was like a, probably Sega a big too. thing for them, so they brought that back. Is the Somnium Files Sega? Uh, Vanillaware. No, not Vanillaware. Um, what's that? What's the dang and Rampa people? <laughs> oh, uh, Spike Chunsoft. Spike turns off. Yeah, it was that. Because the thing with um with Yakuza is that when the, that was like the, the test run, and then I think like one of the higher ups at Sega said, "Yo, this went incredibly well for us." And yeah, like, I mean, we've seen that happen before with a bunch of games. They'll like they'll go on Game Pass, and then word, well, uh, what game was it? I think it was the people who are doing another Crab's Treasure. I can't remember what the company's name is, but they had another game on there. They literally found out that it was leaving Game Pass. Their game was leaving. And it's like, oh, no, we love Game Pass. So clearly these contract things are very strict. And apparently Xbox doesn't talk to the companies all the time because, like, the contract will just expire. But then they renewed the contract and got the game back on Game Pass, like, a month or two later. So I think it's just a whole lot of waiting and see, like, is this a popular thing? Does does the company like it? Does Xbox like having this game on their platform? Does it? Do they feel like it's something they are keeping track of. I swear they're probably keeping track of when people sign up for Game Pass, like what games are they downloading? They're probably tracking that. Yeah, and so they see do. like what are people coming for for on Game Pass. Do we no. think that uh, hold on oh, do we think that um uh, yeah. any you know that like leaked Game Pass like where they were looking at like how much this game would cost, you know I'm talking about where it's like how much this game anything from that list? Like any of those dev teams, or like, will, uh, will show up. Uh, well, I mean, like, <laughs> I I know they're out. I don't mean at launch. I just mean, do you think like any of those games, like a Jedi or maybe Jedi? Maybe I mean, Je what? well, Jedi will because because it's EA and they have that whole EA deal. Oh yeah, so, I guess EA will. Yeah, it, that game will be on there just because there there is one of those games that never came out yet. Uh, if you could remember which one, guys, I want to see if anyone remembers GTA Six. That didn't come out. No, read the yeah, that has. Yeah, a game that's been marketed no, pretty heavily that has not come out yet. Those coming to Game Pass. No, no, on that list of games that like, oh, this is how much it would cost. Do you guys remember the one game that hasn't come out yet of those games? Oh, I don't remember the list off the top of my head. The only thing I remember a, is just the, the undervaluing Baldur's Gate three. <sighs> it's it's a game we keep making fun of. Skull and Bones. The other one. <laughs> um, game we keep making. Oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, so it's Suicide oh, wow. Squad. <laughs> okay. Did they get Suicide Squad? That's a big game. They should, great. <laughs> they should, because then maybe people actually play it and try it out and then drop it after 10 minutes. Does Xbox really want to pay money for Suicide Squad? I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't think they want it. That's the biggest double-edged sword. <laughs> you got to get bad press for that game. It's like, what, Xbox getting another failed partnership. <laughs> At the same time, I do think Game Pass or like PS Plus is the only way this game's going to stand a chance. That's the thing is, though, like, if it was on Game Pass or PS Plus, we would have heard about it by now, because the game's only, like, two weeks oh, yeah. away. So, well, but... Outriders was a really close one as well for the yeah. Game Pass deal. But that was, like, probably done, like, way ahead of time. Now, this is... Once Rocksteady finds out, like, oh, this game isn't selling well, uh, what money can we go get? So then it's, like, maybe a couple months from now we'll get <laughs> yeah, this Suicide is, this Squad is on Game Pass. Game Pass in, like, July. Yeah, like, probably at their E3 event if that if they want to promote that. You know what happened? What if they all seen the leaks? They're like, we're not doing this. <laughs> I just want Phil to just be like, um, no. 
what what if they what if they made the deal a few months before <laughs> and then they saw how everyone's dealing with suicide squad how they think it they're like you know what let's wait to announce it <laughs> yeah, look suicide squad xbox taxed themselves okay <laughs> xbox was no part of it um moving on we gotta talk about xbox leadership this is a topic that keeps being brought up into conversation bench wake up uh i know that bench has some thoughts about i'm here i'm here i'm here yeah, yeah. Okay. Just so just back like he rushed back. <laughs> <laughs> in regards to Xbox leadership, both how do we feel they're doing, and in regards to like Activision Blizzard, how will they be able to handle you know this giant influx of studios? What do we think in that regard? First of all, they need to fire Matt Booty and hire a suitable replacement. Bro did not just say first of all. <laughs> like he's at the debate club. Uh, continue. <laughs> I just don't think Matt Booty's done anything in his career to like successfully believe he can lead a charge like this. Well, hasn't Matt Booty hit peace? <laughs> I, I don't like Matt Booty either. My viewpoint on Matt Booty is that like Xbox has not like Xbox One did not have a successful generation. He was like the head of gaming for I think the entirety of it. And he also just let Redfall come out. And it's that like could have you, been canceled like three you, years ago. You oversee these companies. Your job is to look at them and say, hey, this game doesn't look good. And you let Redfall come out. That is just make, surprising to me. You make the hard decisions. If we I think, think about Redfall, it. I think Redfall was a contract. I think they were like, yeah, this game has to come out as part of it. who? You scared me, Dark. I thought you were going to say Redfall isn't that bad. No, <laughs> no if you think about it, if Matt game. Booty was at PlayStation, we probably would have got factions. He would have let it through. Let it through the door. <laughs> we could have got maybe, it. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, exactly, though. Like, if you don't see us arguing about Herman Holst or um, who was the guy before? Uh, it wasn't Sean Lincoln. It was a different person that was. Oh, Shuhei Yoshida. We didn't complain about them as head of Worldwide Studios, at least now before the live service push. But we didn't complain because they got the games out. They didn't release like this big stinker of a video game, like maybe the worst game that released under PlayStation's umbrella, like their major umbrella in that uh, PS4 era. It was like Days Gone, and like yeah, there are obviously it's some like other an eight out of ten. Clearly... Yeah, and there's clearly a lot of other games that are obviously a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of in regards to PlayStation, but we don't complain about those heads because you they don't let a Redfall come. Out. They do that a good is not job. something. He's not something you want to see. From an Xbox first party, the last thing you want your first party to be shown with is a Redfall. And I understand people think I keep harping on this Redfall point, but that game was a fucking disaster. It should not have come out. They kept trying to make it look good, and it it looked good. Phil I was had at a point to where I'm like, apologize. Phil had to Phil had... apologize when it should have been Matt Booty apologizing. He was taking the Matt Booty should have been fired when Redfall released. That shouldn't. He I don't think he needed. That... That shouldn't have let it happen. And he's gotten, like, two promotions in, like, six months. Like, that's come on! Most, that's like, the most insane, insane thing. insane. He's sitting there this... doing nothing, doing a bad job, and he's getting more money. Like, it's it's mind-blowing. It, it's frustrating. It's awful. I think their viewpoint is, now that Matt Booty has more, like, look over on everything, he can, like, get onto the Bethesda Studios, the Active Bliss Studios even more. I don't know if I can really like I don't have that preconditioned trust like I do with a Herman Holst or a Shuhei Yoshida where I felt that they were able to understand and make the right calls right make the wrong like 
the hard calls about certain games being greenlit and which games to get canceled. And I look at Matt Booty and it's like he hasn't shown me that. It's I don't yeah, know. He, like he's maybe gone. I'm being negative. Like I I don't know, but I don't care. He needs to be gone. The real thing I'm serious about. Matt Booty just affected Binch's life. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna watch this podcast. We're fucked this. <laughs> We're not getting that game pass sponsorship. Thing, the real thing I'm concerned about and like wondering how to get a handle this the Xbox now has like a ridiculous amount of studios. If you guys remember before the Activision deal happened, Activision was also in court for a bunch of other insanely inhumane things. I wanna know how Xbox is gonna handle all that. Yeah, Matt that's Booty, here, here's the thing with Matt Booty. You should give him one studio that's, like, not great, and they can put out not great games, and then give other good people the other studios. Well, Bench, anyways, <laughs> going back to what I was talking about. Yeah, no, I was about to say, it's like, we moved away from Matt Booty, and he's like, no, 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 I'm coming in for round two, baby. No, like, I, I, I get what you're saying, Darry. It's like, there needs to be, like, a cleansing of Activision Blizzard, and, you know, Bobby Kotek is the big one they got rid of. It's just that thing of, like, so Mike Yabara is handling blizzard matt booty i think is handling activision that's kind of the weird messaging where i don't really i feel like you need someone to overlook all of activision the same way mike yabara is looking over all of I mean, blizzard i'm talking about like who's gonna handle the people because like it, you well that's the thing you, you gotta get someone on that top level to overlook those companies and like see what's going on on the ground floors and i think just the general Dane, Matt Booty is not enough. <laughs> he, you, he, at the very least, my viewpoint, I'm not even on that fire, Matt Booty. Just give him a fucking team. Give him more people, because it's clear he can't do it on his own. This is way too many studios for one guy to handle. If he can't handle, like, what Xbox had, like, five years ago, how is he supposed to handle this now? I really hope. Matt Booty, if you're watching this, I, we have it's no personal beef, you know? It's not I, personal, I, I, but, like... Unless it's better. I don't know. You released Redfall, so maybe it's a little personal. I had to play some of that. <laughs> Remove the uh, personal attacks <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting regard. I do think I will say Phil. I think has been doing a great job as CEO. Yeah. I think. Okay. I mean, like it's like, oh well, Matt Booty should have been in that interview. It's like as a CEO, you have to be the one that takes. I want to shout like, out. That's Phil. just the job. Yeah, Phil. Only, Phil second. saved Xbox, and then he kept his promise of bringing FF14 to Xbox. <laughs> He yep, said he was going to do it, and he did it. It shows how good a leader like Phil is to take like other people's blame unto himself, like he did with that apology. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do as a CEO. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, what I mean, higher-ups do. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't get a Bobby Kotick, a Jim Ryan, on like an interview publicly apologizing for a game. That just like wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, Phil's definitely much better about that than most CEOs out there. And I think, and just in general, I think he, he, he kind of... I, this is gonna sound so fucking corny stick with me he kind of comes out as a beacon of hope to the xbox community <laughs> where like it feels like this weird like oh we're so back xbox fans oh it's over it's back it's over but the one consistent thing is like everyone is very happy with how phil has run the company it's really just a lot of external factors maybe some internal factors but phil seems to be the the, the big boy at xbox that everyone respects um, moving on. Xbox loves their hardware reveals. Do we think that anything regarding that will be this year? I do. I think their DualSense-like controller gets announced and released sometime this there year. There is no way that thing is real. Wait, the there what? Is that, that Horde controller? That's what you're talking about, right? I don't know if it's, that's the picture that's actually going to be. However, I do think they have a 2.0 standard controller 
that will release this year. There is no way that Horde design that they have is coming out. I'm not saying it looks like that. I'm saying they're a successor to the Xbox controller. I mean, I think... I mean, playing some Sony games I've played recently, that haptic feedback and adaptive triggers are pretty nice. So I'd like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of. I I do think maybe they'll have some type of thing in regards to like maybe a haptic feedback built in. I don't know if Sony trademarked that. I assume, yeah, but like they can kind of call it their own thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Like there was that. Th oh, that's the control. <laughs> okay, wait, hang on. Dark set a photo. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is not good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I don't think that's the actual controller. But like I do think like a the series x 2.0 controller is a very much a possibility there was that one thing about the leaks in regards to that new console i don't think that's this year i think if anything that's going to be a next year if anything 2026 it just seems like I, a little too early i'll go out of the limb and i say that don't doesn't become a thing and just I mean, outright not it's not a it's not an upgrade it's just Different. I, mean, I think I think they removed the they removed the distro. That's it for the series. Yeah. I think what we are the next Xbox we'll getting will have more power than the one we currently have. Whether that's a pro or they call it something else, I don't think it's not a pro. Xbox this yeah, year. It's not, not a pro. pro. It's just an Xbox Series X or whatever it is. No, no. I think he's just saying in general the next Xbox hardware that we get. Maybe not regarding into this year, but just in Maybe general the, the next seven twenty. Yeah, I, I don't. I just think. And honestly, I could see X when the PS5 Pro comes out, or like a year or two after that, Xbox just releases like their next console and kind of gets away from being lined up with Sony on releases. I think they could be pretty early to the game of a new console. I, I think they're, I think that'll happen. I think we're reaching the point where like eventually consoles just aren't going to exist anymore. Like there's going to be like stop being. We're going to reach a that's point far, where... far in the future. No, I, I I don't think that's anytime soon. I know Xbox wants that, <laughs> but uh, I don't think anytime soon we're going to get that. Um, I guess I think we went over pretty much everything in regards to how we feel about Xbox. I guess I'll just ask this as like kind of a closing statement. How are we feeling about Xbox in 2024? Good year, bad year, best year, worst year? Just like overall thoughts. I'll go down the line bench. I think it could be their best in a long time if everything hits right. But we've said that for a couple of years, so who knows? <laughs> I don't know why. Like when you said that, it sounded like you had tears in your eyes. <laughs> like, man, it's going to be a good thing about Matt Moody. dreams for rent free. Dark, how about you? What do you I, I don't know, like off the top of my head, how every year for them was, but I think this year would be pretty good. Man, you guys are just giving me one sentence responses. Fusion, how about you? I think that from, I think we're going to walk out this year with Game Pass. I'm like Game Pass is gonna look really good, but my hot take is it's going to still be the third-party publishers on Game Pass that carry Game Pass through the year. I think it's going to be a really good year for the first-party stuff, like Indiana Jones stuff, but I still think... I still think Xbox is a year or two out from, like, their dream scenario. Which, it takes time. So, like, there's no fault to Xbox at all. I just think we're not... This feels... Last year felt like the start. This year feels like you're kind of, like, you're in the race. Like, you're now going through the race. You're going through the motions. But I feel like they're still not at like the point of hey, 
we're Xbox is what we do. I feel like they're just not, I don't feel like 2024 is the year they hit that yet, but it's definitely, everything is pointing in the right direction. Uh, Moon, how about you? Yeah, kind of just going with what Fusion said, where I don't think it's going to be like their best year. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some people where like Indiana Jones is going to be like their new favorite game and stuff like that. And there's going to be, I think there's going to be some good third parties supporting like Persona metaphor, if that turns out to be true, and a couple others. But yeah, it's not Xbox is like dreamier just yet, but I think it's definitely, as long as all the games come out good and like review well, it's going to be a good uh, first step in the right direction. Whereas, we thought last year was going to be, but then Redfall came, and then Starfield's like a mixed bag. So as long as, like, indie hits, Hellblade hits, and um, I forget, I forgot everything. Oh, Avowed hits. As long as the games are received well, I think we can start seeing this as, like, the first year of Xbox being on the track that they want to be on. And I hope it is. I hope it continues to be this good first-party wheel to bring in their exclusive, but also keep up with the the big third party partnerships because we can't deny that both are the reasons why you want to get on uh get on game pass because yeah you're gonna get a cool the experimental xbox games but the third party stuff i think does bring in a lot of people i mean it's the reason why i'm gonna be playing persona on xbox instead of because i've played persona 5 on playstation so i consider that a playstation franchise but i'm not gonna argue i have game pass so i'm just gonna play persona and just download it from game pass and that same with like a bunch of other games that have already gotten announced for it. So I'm just like, why well, I'm just <laughs> me saving money. Technically. I mean, I'm still, I'm paying for game pass monthly, but in a way, technically I'm saving money <laughs> and that's always going to rule over any kind of like brand loyalty. I have. Am I the only one who's not an active game pass subscriber? I haven't had game pass in a year. I still subscribe, but I'm, okay. I'll be, I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck 50. I, I usually just use my Xbox for like, <laughs> backwards compatible games because they are easily the best for that regard but i'm then the it's guy like, new releases nah. <laughs> i'm the guy with game pass when like new game like when um persona 3 reload comes out and it's on game pass i'll buy it for 15 dollars that month <laughs> i'll cancel the subscription right, yeah. like I'll, I'll buy game pass when a big game comes out that i want to play but other than that no but my last thing that i didn't say when i was talking about xbox was we i want it to be competitive there's not a world where i want xbox to die over oh like, yeah it's, it's not what i want like we can be a sony pony and all about playstation but we still want competitiveness like competitiveness in the space or we get what playstation is going through right now where they're doing nothing because they haven't had to do anything for a decade and say we don't want this this is this is what playstation is doing and going through right now they can get away with because of what xbox has done the last decade so like I, I want Xbox to come out here and show me the game of the year winners. Like give me a game on Xbox that finally is gonna be at the Keeleys. Like that's what I want from Xbox year after year. And I like I said, I think they're getting there. I think they're getting there. Maybe one of the games this year. I'm not having high hopes, but like I feel like they're just they're close. They're so close. Another I think I'm the guy who's gonna buy Persona for seventy bucks on a PS five. It's crazy how Okay, Dark go ahead too. Another thing to think about, like back to Fusion's point, is that Xbox's like their tactics right now is completely different from Sony. So Sony, they do the third-party big like cinematic movie experience, and you know it's gonna be big. 
Xbox kind of just has a bit of everything for everybody. So from the outside, they're, they're like a variety pack. <laughs> you don't really know what the fuck you're gonna get. This is something in there for everybody. And I mean, yeah, that's why hit. I stay subscribed to Game Pass because every not time everything is gonna update, hit, but there's always something yeah. for somebody. That's the thing. There's so always like some like interesting little game saying. or something on there. I guess I mean I I I'm kind of with Fusion where I'm like, so we're not gonna get into this console worry thing, but like yeah, my preferred platforms are PlayStation and Switch. But that's because Xbox hasn't been, you know, hitting for me the way that PlayStation and Nintendo have been hitting for me. But I do think that this is the year. And I know we say this every year; it's a comedy routine. But like, I genuinely think this is the year where Xbox is going to start getting games out. They are going to start getting those eights, those nines, maybe even some tens from critics outlets. Where I want that critical darling game from Xbox, even if it's a game I don't play. Like, if Hellblade 2 comes out at a 93, that is fucking awesome, even though I'm not going to play that game. But that is fucking awesome. And I'm just sitting here, like, hoping that this is finally the year. And everything we see, it looks like it could be. And, you know, it all comes down to execution. And if they can hit those dates, if they can hit those release cadences, maybe even get that game a quarter. I want to have faith. I I have faith. Yeah, I think... I think Phil and is such a strong leader, and he is genuinely someone who wants Xbox to succeed. And I think this is the year where he can finally let that leadership, that power, fully go into it. And you know, obviously, Game Pass is still going to be awesome. It's still a worthwhile $15 a month. So I'm, I'm excited to see what But that's everything in regards to Xbox. Sony Ponies, Bench, Fusion, wake up. We're going to go right into I'm here. some other... Can we talk about Jim Ryan? Yeah, let's talk about Jim Ryan. Let's talk about PlayStation. He's enjoying his vacation no. right now. Hey, he's not yeah, on vacation still... yet. Two yeah, more he's months. Got a couple more months. And he gets to see his dogs or his cats or whatever the fuck. Yeah, his cats. Uh, don't, don't disrespect no. his cats like that, man. Uh... Moving on, we're gonna like spend a bit less time on all these uh, other stories as we really wanted to talk more about Xbox in general. Um, Power World, game that came out today, has hit one million copies in eight hours. This comes from George Yang over at GameSpot. Power World, the game that has been nicknamed Pokemon with Guns, has sold over one million copies in just eight hours since its release into early access, and its servers are struggling to keep up. Quote, we are blown away with the response to Power World, and we're doing our best to respond to your issues. Developer Pocket Pair said in a statement, currently our server provider is reporting that due to the large amount of concurrent players, the servers have become unstable, and you may be experiencing issues connecting to the servers. Power World is already Steam's current best-selling game and has since now blown past its initially reported 350k concurrent user base. This game is currently in Steam Early Access and Xbox Game Preview and has received very positive user reviews on Valve's platform. It costs $30, but Pocket Care is running a 10% discount on Steam until January 25th. Power World is also available on Xbox Game Pass. Um... Man, this is a, this is a, definitely one of those surprise games that I was not expecting to hit the way it did. I mean, Moon, you're the big Pokemon guy. Have you? I know you kind of been looking at streams and stuff. What What are your thoughts on this bad boy? I mean, I do think it's, it seems like a quality game. I haven't watched that much. I've watched like one stream, and I played like maybe ten minutes of it last night before I had to go to bed because uh, it actually came out at like at midnight. And I'm like, okay, I'll just try to get through the tutorial real quick. Now the tutorial is really long, but anyway, um. I think there is just a like a 50-50 thing contributing to this lightning in a bottle success. And I do think it's it has a novelty to it, but it also is somewhat of a quality game so far from what I've been seeing. And I do also think there is a bit also of a this feels like the first 
big release of the year in a way. Whereas we can also call that for Prince of Persia, but this all, and I think people were just like looking for like the next big game. We haven't had a big game release in a while. Like you want to maybe make a case for like Avatar as like the last big game release, but I don't think a lot of people will consider that. So you got to think even farther past that. So I think this being the biggest game in a release in a while it's like, okay, this is the first big game of 2024. We're all going to jump on it. Oh, it got good reviews as well. That's awesome. And it plays well. Awesome. So I think there's now a strategy to being like the first game of the new year can help you boost uh, like maybe a game that only got would have gotten a uh, like just maybe a mediocre response if it came out like in June or whatever. Uh, but I do congratulate them on their success and I do hope to uh, try it out some as soon as I find some free time. But yeah, I think it's a it's definitely a lot bigger of a game than I was expecting. Like the stream I saw showed a gigantic map and the pace that you have to craft. Like there are even guides saying like how to get to guns as quickly as possible because you're literally starting with sticks and stones at when you start this game. So it's going to be a while until you can start doing all the crazy stuff you see in the trailer because at the beginning you're just getting like a really basic ass survival crafting game. Real quick, our correspondent in the field, Fusion, has just updated me with some uh, numbers in regards to Power World. It apparently hit the peak of 553k and 932. <laughs> so, yeah, this game keeps growing. I think that's, that's fair to say. Theme. This is a Game Pass game. You know what I mean? Like, yep. This game has had insane numbers. <laughs> if that's if that's your Steam numbers and you're a game that's on Game Pass, mm -hmm. that's 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 very great. I will the say one thing: <laughs> the Pokemon stuff about how I see a lot of people who are like Pokemon should sue blah blah. If anything, I get the whole Pokemon stuff. This game, I've seen how no one is talking about how this game, every menu in this game is straight from Ark Survival Evolved. Like, yeah. if anyone should be mad, it should be the Ark team over there, Team Wildcard or whatever, because, like, the Ingrams, the, like, every single Ark. thing you do in this game is straight from Ark. I'm like, how, how is no one talking about the Ark aspect? They're all just looking at the Pokemon. I'm like, everything else in this game is straight up, just like they took Ark and was just like, we're going to make Ark with Pokemon. <laughs> like, the Ark thing, I feel like, is way bigger. Because making monsters in your, like, po Pokemon-esque game, you know what I mean? Like, the Ark stuff, it seems way, a way bigger deal to just take from someone than the Pokemon, in my opinion. Yeah, the Pokemon aspect of it as, is such, a, like, a minor thing about it when you actually look at the overall game. It's just more like, just replace these things that kind of look like Pokemon with, like, your generic animals. It would have just looked like another survival game. So I think that's, like, the key aspect to trying to sell this game is that you have this decent uh crafting survival game on it but then you got all these like cute creatures that kind of look like pokemon and you're making do slave labor and all this like building your bases so it's almost like a resource management game as well at the same time which i guess is part of survival crafting games but yeah if they leaned in on the pokemon thing because they knew that was going to get the most attention when in reality their game is like this decent survival crafting game so it's 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 an interesting case all around like the story of this game is just fascinating when you look at it it's it starts off with the cgi trailer of people of like the meme of pokemon with guns or whatever or more mature pokemon and then it became a real game and now it's actually like a good game that's gonna because survival crafting games are really big like on steam like we should not ignore that genre when it comes to at least steam users and now you got another good one that also has like these adorable creatures that you can market. It's it's a match made in heaven in a lot of ways. Moving on. Uh very excited for Power World. Uh 
Uh, I'm not excited for it. I'm not going to play it. But I'm excited for the people who are enjoying it. But moving into the best-selling games of 2023, I thought this was a, a fun topic. Uh, no one clicked the link, right? I don't trust you guys. I didn't click the link. I didn't, I didn't click it. I, okay. saw, I saw your little thing that said don't click the link, man. I saw the list like on Twitter it. like a couple days ago. Yeah, I already saw the list on Twitter. Okay, so Moon and Bench can't participate. No, I only remember number one. I don't remember anything after that. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. Um, Wait, this is so the looking... same link that was posted in the server, right? Yeah, then yeah. I posted yeah. it. Yeah, I've seen it. Well, you can't okay. remember them. We know your memory, man. Yeah, I, I, I just want to see if we can try to guess what the top ten is from what you guys can assume. Wolf, I told you. You guys can work together. Would be. You listen, didn't believe me. You listen, didn't believe me. I didn't under. There's not even a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> Where are these Harry Potter fans coming from? They're <laughs> everywhere. They're everywhere. Where? It's the biggest normie nerd franchise ever. I, have, I swear like, to God, I promise you, I have never met a Harry Potter fan. Ever. I I called people? Wolf saying that this was going to be number one back in January of last year. Like, My. Spider-Man! <laughs> okay, Spider-Man's exclusive. You guys think about that. Spider-Man's Zelda! Exclusive. Zelda sold like Zelda's 20 million! Exclusive. Zelda's exclusive. Okay, well, you're not... Harry Potter had like three different releases throughout the entire... Yeah, year. they had like seven different they types. Had the like it was on every platform. Then last gen, and then oh. Switch. Yeah, that's the, th- that's the big thing you probably want to keep in mind, is that Yes, all the normie Harry Potter fans who are just very average gamers, they have Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4s, so they are going to be the probably the biggest audience for the last gen. That's probably where it's sold the most, I, I would almost guarantee. Listen, guys, what's so important is that... About this, that he made a I'm wrong. Okay. I'm not going to get into the details of the best. Listen, I'm but wrong, okay? I, I expect the best to build soon. Fine. Stupid-ass Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy was number one. Uh, can you guys predict the other games in the top of the was two. I know that. Yeah, Modern Warfare three, three. Modern that's two was as well. Three's a little weird. I forget. Uh, three. Madden, Madden, Madden. That's what it was. Was it? I think it was Madden. No, it's I don't Madden. think Madden was. Okay. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, football Madden fans. was number three. Yeah, yeah. Football fans. That's you, Fusion. How was the? I didn't buy Madden this year, so I don't know. Good man. Smart guy. Okay. <laughs> number four. Going to be Zelda. Zelda. No, because this is. It's also only digital. Diablo. No, Diablo. Oh wait, it's only digital stuff. Yeah, only Zelda just... only has digital sets. Yeah, it's only digital sets. It's on the top ten. I know FC Soccer has to be up there. EA but it's Sports not FC. Yeah, yeah, FC. That's, that's the... number ten. Okay. Uh, number four is Spider Man. Yep. Uh, number five. Uh, that's Zelda. That's Zelda. Number six. Honestly, number six surprised me a lot. <laughs> I think it, well, I know Diablo was on the list. It was Diablo. Okay, I didn't know where it was. Street Fighter is number 17. Um, but yeah, Diablo uh, 4 at number 6 is genuinely surprising to me. I forgot that, just how popular that franchise is. Uh, number 7. This one's Wasn't that Modern Warfare 2? Yeah, that was, that was Modern Warfare. Warfare. That's the one I remember. Uh, number 8. I have no idea. NBA 2K, that, maybe? No, was that, Elden, no. that Elden Ring? No, Elden Ring was number uh, 18. NBA 2K wasn't even on the list. Wow, I don't think that gets to Oh, I guess. What is the number eight was Mortal Kombat one? Oh, and then last one, and last one number nine. I actually don't think you guys are gonna get this one. (laughs) This would, this would kind of surprise me. Is it an indie game? No, no, it's a triple A. 
Is it a first party He's going to be on the top 10. Forza? No, it's no, Starfield. It's Starfield. No, not Starfield. Starfield was number 11. Forza? I don't know. Uh, Forza's not even on the list. Think about PlayStation game, right? game. What is what is the big what is one of the biggest IPs in the world? Like license. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, Survivor. Jedi Survivor. Oh. Survivor. Yeah, Jedi Survivor was nine. <laughs> I was again surprised. proving to why these companies are making licensed games. Did you say Mortal <laughs> Kombat was like seven? I or eight? Making... Mortal Kombat was eight. And Street Fighter was seventeen. No, that that's yeah, Street Fighter was Street, Street Fighter fans let me down, guys. Come no, on. No, 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 that's no, normal. No, no. I'm talking games are niche. Yeah. Um Mortal Kombat and Smash are the only ones. They're like yeah, a league above. I guess Mortal like Kombat and Smash. Street Fighter would have turned the tide. I guess Street Fighter not. six no, sold three it, million. It, dude, it did. Seven is really good for Street Fighter <laughs> you don't Street Fighter Six is like the best selling Street Fighter game in like decades. Since top, two. top ten next time, guys. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, I will say the rest of the list is also kind of funny. So eleven is Starfield. Number twelve was Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and that's not including digital. So that is crazy. Number oh, yeah. thirteen was Resident Evil Four, and number fourteen was MLB The Show Twenty Three. Number fifteen was Dead Island Two. Number sixteen, this one genuinely shocked me. Final Fantasy Sixteen. Yep. I'm surprised yeah, it got that high. That means sixteen's uh, at least sold more than three million. Yeah. So number seventeen is Street Fighter Six. Number eighteen was Elden Ring. Always on top, baby. Still in the top twenty. Number nineteen was Mario Kart Eight. Again, digital only. So that's fucking ridiculous for a ten-year-old game, almost. And then number twenty was Minecraft. Overall, Minecraft, still Minecraft always there, baby. Minecraft at number twenty is actually surprisingly low. For Wait, there was Minecraft. no GTA Five this year. No GTA 5 in the top 20. Wow. Though also doesn't include Have a new age. Doesn't include Oh, but yeah, never mind. People only buy that game digitally or whatever. Moving yeah, on. Because the only way you're getting GTA <laughs> oh, this like around this time like, GTA 5 is digitally or a pre-owned store, which they're not going to just, count that. I, yeah, I bought GTA 5 digitally for the first time a couple months ago. No, GTA 5, uh, it goes for like $20 now. So I assume with the digital sales, <laughs> that would be a lot more. But, I mean, hey, maybe they got everyone who owned, uh, didn't own GTA 5 before. Maybe they finally uh, figured it out. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this one's an interesting one. This comes from Tom Warren over on Twitter. Halo Infinite is shifting away from seasons starting January 13th. Or 13th. That was already passed. January 30th. Operations are replacing seasons with content updates planned too. January update will be known as Content Update 29 or CU29 instead of Season 6. Okay, Halo players. Anyone here? Because uh, I don't know what this means. Crickets. Okay, so the way that it works is that the, the season that you think we're in, like, Fortnite, they have the big season, like, every couple months. And then mm -hmm. in between, they would have these mini battle passes, and that's what the seasons were. The thing is, nobody really cared about the seasons and uh, about the battle passes. Only the, the mini seasons was what got player engagement. So they're just saying, okay, we're just going to do the seasons then. Interesting. You think that this is an overall positive so, change? Yeah, so the way, the thing with the battle pass, it was like 100 tiers. The season battle pass is free, and there's like 20 tiers. I'm not sure if they guys are charging. I don't think they guys are charging or anything like that, but it's just it's better overall. It might get more people into it, I'm not sure, but yeah, that's what the change is. I think the more exciting Halo news is they announced today that... um. The esports side, the competitive side, they announced the lands for those guys. That's pretty cool. The dates, you know? 
No one here likes Halo competitive. Okay. Damn, I'm sorry, Fusion. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to see a pregnant pause. <laughs> I'll probably sorry, go. Not here. I guess. I guess I'll, I'll probably go. There's one down the road. So. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I hope the esports scene is doing better. I always kind of hope. I'm happy for you. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, this comes from Wesley Info over at IGN. Still on the Halo train. Unannounced Halo Battle Royale reportedly shelved. Reportedly is the keyword here. An unannounced Halo Battle Royale was reportedly canceled, according to Xbox Era co-founder Shep Nick. Uh, speaking on the Xbox Era podcast, and as reported by Eurogamer, Shep Nick says the Halo Battle Royale was no longer in development. IGN has asked Microsoft for comment. Um... Do you guys believe this first and foremost? And second of all, do you like if you do believe it? Why do you think is the reason for its cancellation? Yeah, I um, believe this. I think the reason for its cancellation we also saw moving away from seasons. In three four three, I think is just done putting all its egg. I think they're moving on to what's next. I oh, yeah, no, so I there was an interview. That. No, no, that's true. There was an interview with oh. one of the heads at three four three. Um, I've been following the news as it's been trickling out. And, you know, he can't say anything, obviously, but he said if you pay attention to the job listings, you know, you get an idea of what's going on with us and what we're doing. The job listings yeah. are for Halo 6. They, Halo. They will so, okay. That is the question. Do you well, guys think Halo it's going to be a Halo... It's, it's the next mainline you, Halo. It's going to be Chief. Do you think it's going to be you get the next Halo game, but Infinite is the multiplayer? No. no. I think they're moving they, away from Infinite. The whole now. I think they're... Nobody was happy. Infinite has gotten better, but nobody was happy with how the that campaign was out. a success. They liked how yep. the campaign went, but in terms of like multiplayer, well, people were happy. Wasn't good. People were happy with the multiplayer for the first couple months, but like yeah, then it was, was like, oh, well, just not play Halo. But they, yeah, they just the content didn't work out that well. Let me say, I think at launch, Halo Infinite was the best shooter that's released in five years. They now it didn't last that long, games. but. It was they very, very have good, a good roadmap and like content actually out in the game. You can tell that most of the time in Halo Infinite was put into the campaign, which works because the campaign was good, but they may focus more on multiplayer. I mean, there should have been like Halo DLC, campaign DLC, and stuff. That should have been planned years ago. Obviously, yeah, they, they folded on the content. Badly. But um, the job listings were talking about the next mainline Halo entry. So it is going to be Chief. I think there was also rumors about like another Halo Wars, and if there is, uh, I'm all for it. But Halo Wars is awesome. Let's get to get that team on another franchise, am I right? Halo, uh, yeah, I mean, Halo like with the name like three four three, they're kind of stuck. They're, they were made for Halo. <laughs> same same thing. Literally, they were made for Halo. <laughs> like, they were. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I I okay. Side note: I always hated that. By the way, of like, let's name a studio after the game because they're only like they did that with the Coalition with Gears. It's like. It's stupid. <laughs> like, if they want to make something else, then it just looks like tacky. Like, three four three is making stuff. a platformer. <laughs> for both of those games, for both of those games, for those companies, the fourth title was decent, and then the fifth one was horrid. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Hoping for the best. Moving on. Uh, this comes from Andy Robinson over at VGC. Eight percent of developers in a GDC survey says they're working on Nintendo's next console. Um, this newly published 2024 GDC State of the Games Industry survey asked over 3,000 game developers across indie and AAA studios questions about their work, including which platforms they're currently creating games for. 
For the first time, nearly 250 people said they were working on titles planned for the Nintendo Switch successor. Separately, 32% of developers surveyed said Nintendo next console most interested them right now, behind only PlayStation 5 at 41% and PC at 62%. What is happening with these PC gamers? Um, yeah, so I guess this really just comes down to this classic uh, when there's smoke, there's fires. Yep. Uh, this situation. is like the worst kept in the sea. Like everybody, we know it's. <laughs> you're not. You're not starting development on a Switch game in 2024. That's just not happening. It, it's very clear. Like the Switch Two is a real thing. It's going to. The question really is if it's this year, which obviously we'll get into all the hijinks when we do I mean, State of Nintendo. But we can all agree it'll be this year with an exclusive 3D Mario game. We all. Agree. I, I don't know about that. Listen, I think... I, this is a. <laughs> this was a bet. I, I, there, I is a bet. there is a bet in place if so the, the next Switch will come out. Well, not, not the, the Windows Switch 2 or whatever the fuck, the Super Switch. The, the bet is, will there be an exclusive Mario title, exclusive for the new thing? I say no. Wolf and uh, Bench say yes. That, that's the bet. Well, that's the thing. So, to point out, Dark, and he's with Bop on this one, you know, freaking the Xbox fans. Yeah, I don't know how much his board matters. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very much on the side that they're like, yeah, sure, if there is a 3D Mario, it will be on the Switch and the Switch 2. Me and Bench, we think Switch 2 exclusive. Fusion thinks he's on Dark's side. Well, Fusion doesn't, Unmute yourself, doesn't Fusion. matter on anything. Unmute so. yourself, Fusion. Speak up. Um, you know what, guys? Let us know what you know in the comments about I, just, I, don't, but... I don't think we get Mario this year anyway, so... We're talking about... Okay, I'm kind of skeptical on that, too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think, well, come on, Mario, Odyssey was seven years ago. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think they released with something else. Right? They're not launching with Metroid. They're not launching a system with Metroid. It's they're, launching, they're launching with both. You know they're what, Bing, I'm going to say it. You remind me a lot of Matt Booty, okay? Yo! Honestly, oh, though, Fusion, oh. we, we're, have, we're beefing now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shit on The Last of Us here in like 30 minutes. Uh, you already did. I saw the DM. <laughs> Is he... Okay, well, you know, we don't gotta get into that. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> let us know what you guys think in the comics. Will it come out as an exclusive? And smash that like button while you're down there. <laughs> Hashtag fire Matt booty also, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> no, make sure Matt booty personally watches this video. We need Matt booty on the show. <laughs> no, we don't. I'm leaving. We are open to interviewing you, Matt booty. <laughs> we will oh. interview you. Bench will be there. We're gonna grab him, put him in a harness so he can't leave. Uh, I'm down. Promise. Moving on. Uh, Okami Games has this one. Square Enix CEO says they want to slim down their release lineup to ensure the highest quality. We have tried to produce hits by developing a wide variety of titles rather than focusing only on certain ones. I believe that this has resulted in the splintering of our resource pool. Um, the market is increasingly polarized between blockbuster and indie titles, but I feel that we have developed many titles that fell somewhere in the middle. I want to make clear distinctions going forward. Sounding very much like Square wants to try to focus only on like specific games rather than trying to. Bench mentioned this earlier, so I'll let him take over here. Yeah, they were they released like ten games in like 2021, I think was the year, and like two of them were good, if I remember correctly, and like none of them sold. So like Perfect. them wanting them wanting to focus on bigger titles with more resources behind it. Honestly, it's they they're going in the right direction in my opinion, and I think Matt uh, tr Visions of Mana is going to be the start of that. I really think. I think this is Square's waking up moment. We've seen it with Sega, where Sega when they released the 
Persona 4 Golden on PC, they were like, oh shit, this works out really well. <laughs> and then now they're doing incredible. This is that moment for Square Enix. Like I know they're using common sense. <laughs> like I know Square's CEO recently said like blockchain and AI stuff on his like New Year's letter, but personally I just think that's all like buzzwords to get people happy. I just think but because everything else he's doing He's made really good strides in the like not even year he's been with the company, so I think this is they're doing good right now, and it, good future for Square. Um, I did I did find some comments online pretty funny where it's like, oh, you know, maybe they can make like a Tomb Raider game or like this type of game. Or oh wait, no, they can't because they sold all those to Embracer Group. <laughs> So, I don't know. It was very weird for like them to make this comment after selling a lot of their IPs, which was kind of a strange situation where we were kind of expecting them to be bought out after like kind of slimming down all their Western studios. But then they just proceeded not to get bought, so I assume something fell out in that regard. Imagine if under this new management, because I, I fully expect Embracer to like, collapse and they're going to have to sell those studios. What if they buy them back? Buys them back? <laughs> I mean, listen. What are, I mean, I personally think uh, Xbox and Sony were the closest to actually trying to buy those studios back from Embracer. At least I hope so, because nobody wants Embracer to keep those. Moving on. Uh, this was an interesting one. Tom Ivan over at VGC has this. Rocksteady's co-founders have established a new studio in London. Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker left the Batman Arkham studio in 2022. While the studio has yet to be officially announced, Polygon spotted that industry veterans are listed as directors of the London-based company on business information website Endor. It also has a listing on the Great Place to Work website, which reads 100 Star Games. It's a video game startup in East London. Our ethos is of creating a small team of only 100 industry veterans and emerging talents who are committed to crafting cutting-edge gaming experiences that inspire and captivate players worldwide. The same shit we always hear. The interesting thing is the Rocksteady co-founders have decided, hey, you know what, we're going to make a brand new studio after leaving Rocksteady for what we could presume is Suicide Squad being the reasoning. I mean, Dark, you're a big Arkham fan. What do you think? Okay, so I'm I'm happy that they got out of the situation that they're in. But the last thing that we've seen from their legacy right now is the bad thing. <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> All right, the bad Listen, thing, look. it was not good. And they promoted the shit out of it. Don't do the I, bad I... thing. Whatever you do, do not use vehicles. To stick to action combat, because that's what you specialize in. The free full combat system is one of the best in gaming. Just stick with it. Or make something new that's similar to it, and you're golden. I do think it's interesting. I wonder what they're able to do, because I feel like Rocksteady was so strong. I don't know if the founders were as much a thing in regards to making the Arkham games as great as they were. But they were maybe maybe I'm thinking wrong. So they were in charge well they were in charge, but they really brought the characters to life. The reason why you feel like Batman, they, they were a lot of the people behind that. Like that's they really emphasized making you feel like the character, which is really rare in these superhero type games. But these guys are really talented. Just don't do stupid gimmicks. <laughs> Bat Tank 2, baby! <laughs> oh, God. That Bat Tank is awful. And finally, on the news report. The news report? I'm not going to call it that. Uh, this comes from Discussing Film. A movie adaptation of Until Dawn is in the works. David F. Sandberg is set to direct with Gary Dauberman writing the script. I don't know who those people are, but Fusion, I know you're a big Supermassive fan. Oh, yeah, dude. You know me. I'm so excited for this. A movie, like a video game movie and Supermassive, like... 
I'm in right here. This is it. No, I just um no thoughts. Like I think until Dawn's story is really cool. So like I think this is actually really good from a video game perspective to be a movie. But other than that, it's just like I, I don't know who asked for this. Did anyone ask for this? I mean, you kept seeing those people who were like, "Oh, Until Dawn would be a great movie." It's like, yeah, because it's a, it's a it's a like cinematic yeah. game. <laughs> like, I don't know why we need to make this. I somehow movie. failed this movie. I, I don't know what to say at this point. I think they yeah, could genuinely the they won't, but I just said they could copy the script. I think the movie would be pretty good. Like, it wouldn't be yeah, no crazy movie. It'd just be a fine like horror movie. Like that's what it would be. I will say they well, have like the opportunity to do the funniest sheriff though. And make a bunch of movies with different endings, and then just distribute them at theaters, and it's completely random which one you get. You didn't come up with that joke. I saw that on Twitter. I know. I'm calling you out. <laughs> but no, I, I, dude, I honestly yeah, really dude, that joke's been that. around since the game came out. So, because I think there was another movie like years ago that did something similar. They had like two or three different endings. Uh, I'm not the person to ask about that. I I do remember what you're talking about. I just don't. Movie. Yeah, I don't remember it either. But I know it existed. Um, but that's everything in regards to the news. Uh, pre- pretty much like a slow news week, but a lot of Xbox. But now we get to talk about what we've been playing. And I know someone here has been super excited to talk about all things that he's been playing. He's been typing up the podcast the whole like week. Like, I can't wait to talk about everything that I've been playing. So Bench... I think you should go last. Save the best for last. Fusion, let's hear what you've been playing. <laughs> That's so messed up. <laughs> Man just left the call. She has to go sit with my booty in the corner. Anyways, um, what have I been playing? It's been so long. Okay. Well, well you, you spent like an entire month playing yeah, Red Dead Redemption. I did. Um, I spent an entire month. I wanted Bink here to hear my Red Dead spiel, but okay. Yeah. Back. okay awesome. Bink, I needed you for my Red Dead conversation. Oh, Red Dead? Yeah, um, yeah, I would go love, take a nap. I I played. I, it did take me a while, a few weeks to a month at that. I, I really enjoyed it. I this was finally this was one of the big swords on my backlog where I was like, I need to beat this video game. Like it was just there. Like I now that I know when I stopped five years ago, I was genuinely probably eight hours away from completing this video game, and I just <laughs> didn't. So now going back and replaying the entire time, like the entire thing, it's a very good video game. Nap like it just one would say. Some, not me, but some. It's a very good video game full of really good characters, and Arthur is one of the best gaming, one of the best just fictional characters that I've had the pleasure of, like, being in the shoes and, like, hearing his story and everything. Like, it's a really good game. I still have flaws. I think I, I still think it has flaws that a lot of people just don't talk about and give a Rockstar pass. Oh, Sorry to the Rockstar fans. You but think flaws. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people would say the same, but, um, as someone who's a fanboy of this game, it, it, it has flaws. <laughs> Specifically um, in regards to the gameplay and the world exploration. Yeah, the match eight runs still. Why is this? Yeah, like, how? <laughs> so, like, it still has that, but it, it's awesome game. Like, I'm, so, I'm very happy I went back and played it. Like, I, there was, like, there was another time when I was replaying it. There was really slow parts, but there was another time where I'm like, I should have not went back and replayed it. Like, there's still some of the, like, coolest and greatest like missions and set pieces and gamings and like the last maybe ever but especially in the last decade is in this game and it's just like it's, it's just a good time it makes me i don't know if it makes me more excited for gta 6 but it makes me feel like they're going to do confidence 
Yeah, they're going. I I fully believe Rockstar would deliver. I just like, but at the same time, this issues I have with Red Dead Redemption Two, I'm like, I can 100% see that still being an issue in your GTA game. But yeah, anyway, that's whole, run. yeah, that's a whole <laughs> that's whole chance. I played some indies that I'm not gonna name because no one here plays indies, so it won't matter. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and then I just recently beat Crisis Core because Rebirth's coming out. So I was like, okay, finally, Crisis Core. I bought Crisis Core like forever ago, and ever since it like came out, ever since I beat Remake, I was like, okay, I gotta beat Crisis Core. I finally sat down for a week and played Crisis Core. It's a fun little game. Like it's nothing crazy. I think the story does add a lot to like going into Rebirth and like Remake. Like it helps add on to like certain characters and like set the plot of the world up. But other. The combat is as mediocre. Like it might be worse than Red Dead Redemption Two. I'll be honest. Like it's not no, great. Red Dead Two's combat is more fun than this. <laughs> like, like, the combat is great. I would that agree. Goofy Red Dead ass is better roulette. than Crisis Core's combat. <laughs> no, that roulette wheel. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so yeah, sick. like it's. It, it, I think it's a good game. You you add some cool characters. You see, it's cool for me because I played Remake first, so it was cool for me to see like certain characters in Crisis Core that I didn't think would show up the Crisis Core. Even if they weren't, like, big moments, they still had, like, their little, like, few moments in the game, so I thought that was neat. Zach's a cool character. I just, I, just, I thought it was a good game. I'm happy I played it, but I will say, Moon, I know you're, like, on the egg after you saw gameplay of Crisis Core. You can 100% watch Crisis Core on YouTube. Still maybe get the same experience. Like, I, I do not think you have to play Crisis Core if you fully do not want to commit. 12 hours with that combat and everything else, you just watch the cutscenes. Now like, everybody's cool with watching things. No, I no, agree. I believe. I will, <laughs> that's different. That's different. Bro, you could hear the salt in his voice. <laughs> I personally would never, but I know Moon is someone who would go watch some cutscenes if he wanted to. And I think Crisis Core is one of the only games where, like, you don't have to play this video game to experience most of it. Like, it's not. This should have been an experience. This should have been Hellblade. That ending, though, though, Fusion. We're not going to get into the spoilers here or any of that, but Wolf it was wrong. It's probably the only. I'm always okay, wrong. Okay. It's the best series. part of the game, probably. So it has that going for it. I I'm going to die, yeah. But no, yeah, it's a good game. That's what I've been playing over the month. So someone else who's probably played a million more games than me can go after that. Yeah, you know I made the joke towards Bench earlier, and I do apologize, Bench. Uh, so I, I think Moon should go next. <laughs> You're saving the best for last, man. You'll get your time. Saving here. the best for last. You get to go last, Moon. Oh, I was just starting up an episode on Netflix. Okay. Um, oh wow. Uh, so I didn't really play a whole heck of a lot. I wrapped up. I can't remember if I talked about on the last episode what I played last, but just moving on from the starting of the new year, um, instead of playing Crisis Core, I played the Intermission DLC for Remake, which I knew I needed to get around to, which that was a good time. It was nice to get back into that combat to like refresh my memory because, what, Remake was 2020, 2021 or something like that, so it's been like two, three years now. Uh, so it was good to get back into that. And then after that, because that, that only took me like maybe three days to beat or so, two, 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 three, I can't remember. Um, and then I decided to declare myself January a sequel month. And so I first started with Uncharted 3, and 
it was a fun time, but it was nothing like to really write home about. Uh, there, that caravan scene was really cool, though. That was a fun mission. That was just an overall just awesome mission. Wolf is um, Wolf is crying right now. And then he's in shambles. And then currently, right now, I'm on Gravity Rush Two because I don't know why I put this on myself, but I said no JRPGs until Persona, even though I could be playing. Um, I was I was gonna play. Granted, it's not a JRPG, but I was gonna possibly play Phoenix Wright. Uh, Phoenix Wright 2. Mm. Uh, but then I also made, thought of maybe Mass Effect 2. And then I just recently remembered, like, oh, I could play Ori 2 uh, as well. So I might try to play Ori 2 before Persona comes out. Granted, I also just before bought Ori Prince 2. of Persia. I just bought that. It's coming in the mail in the next couple days. So I don't know. Maybe Ori 2 will have to take a backseat to uh, Prince of Persia. So hopefully next week you can hear me talk about Prince of Persia next week. But that's it. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me just talk about Gravity Rush 2, uh, Gravity Rush 2 real quick. It's more of the same so far, but at least the combat is a little bit more tightened. Like, it was real loose of, um, it's gravity, so it's floaty, yes, but it feels more precise this time around, which I think that's just because this game was made for a PlayStation 4, where the original was made for the Vita, so I think that's pretty sure that just has something to do with it. Um, but stories mid- everything else combat still is mid just even though it's better than the first game it's still mid this whole game so far has just been like you know it's not it's not bad but it's not great either but i'm also just now remembering that it's a 20 hour game and that's kind of like i don't know this i don't want to say dissuading but like it's more like oh i don't i have so much more to go so hopefully the story picks up uh but yeah that's about it i don't know who we want to pass it on to next i have a question real quick I have yeah. a question real quick. After you after playing Uncharted three, can you rank the three Uncharted games you've played? If I can remember, I played one and two so many years ago. Um, oh, it's been that long. Yeah, it was a good couple of years ago now. I would say, I think two was slightly better. From the from the few things that I remember from two, I kind of liked them. Three had this awesome had a couple cool really cool scenes. I will say Uncharted 3 is definitely like way up its own ass a couple times because there were times when you're just climbing on the side of something and the camera will just pull out for no reason other than look at this big set piece. <laughs> and then it'll go right back in onto Nathan Drake. I'm just like, okay, what was the point of that? And it did that like three times in one chapter. I'm like, why? <laughs> uh, but my problem with the Uncharted games is the combat for the most part. The puzzles are all fun. Like the puzzles have been good and the characters and story are all good. So that's what kept me going, but it's just the combat was just uninteresting. The only time it got interesting was, like I was saying, during that caravan scene where, if you don't know what I'm talking about, but you're on a horse uh, chasing on all these other cars, and you gotta jump from car to car, taking out enemies as you go along, and I thought that was a really cool set piece. Um, but yeah, besides that, it's a good... I like the characters. It's like, they should make a movie out of this. Oh, wait. <laughs> Reach back. And it's a great movie, too. Mark Wahlberg, best selling ever. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if we want to move on to Dark or if Wolf is back it's, to is Wolf back? I don't think you so. back. Otherwise, is your mic muted? His mic's very muted. He's like weird though. All right, so you can go on to Dark, or if Bench wants to start. No, we'll give it to Dark, man. No, I'm gonna just start talking. Well, Dark and Bench are gonna be about as long as each other. I'm not gonna stick on mine for long. All right, so. I started up, um, I, I have a decent list, um, so I'm just going to blast through these. Spider-Man PS4, a really good game, highly recommend it. 
Can you uh, rate each game as you go by? Like Spider-Man PS4 number, you know what I mean? Okay, so you want me to do a number rating? Okay. Yeah, each time, each game. Spider-Man PS4, I give it a 9. Final Fantasy VII R, I think is highly overrated. I'll probably give it an 8. Okay, no, I, mean, you. I, I regret I, asking I, for that. I yeah. think the game has way too much pattern. Oh, the combat's a lot of fun, but that's about it. Oh, and the story characters, I always love the Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Dark right now. I respect um, the numbers. Mario RPG, I gave it a solid 10. I love this game from start to finish. It's super bright and vibrant. This is very much your very first, like, baby's RPG, but it works really well for what it is. Uh, Near Replicant, give it 8.5. I love Near, but Yoko Taro has a lot of his bullshit in this game, especially when you want to get the true ending. Um, God of War 1, I love to death. I'm going through the entire series. Um, I'll probably also give it an 8.5. It's a lot very clunky in some areas, but it's also like fucking almost 25 years old or some shit at this point. <laughs> um, Ratchet and Clank 1 and 2 I went through. These games is, is fucking incredible. Easily becoming one of my favorite franchises. I give them both a nine. Um, I then switched it up a bit. I went into a visual novel called uh, Witch of the Holy Night. Incredible story. I give it a nine. Um, then I played Metroid Zero Mission for the first time because I was going through the Metroid series. This is like Mario RPG. This is like baby's first Metroidvania. It's really good for that point, but the platforming is really shitty. Like it's not as precise as Red is. So for that, I just gave it a nine point five. And then I today I beat Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, which is one of the best Metroidvanias of all time. It stands up there next to Symphony in the Night and uh, Super Metroid, in my opinion. It's easily a ten out of ten. Like uh, this game being as good as it is was not on my bingo card for this year. Is it? Do you think? Because you played them both at this point. Do you think Prince of Persia has a better chance? Of getting to the Keeleys for Game of the Year this year yes, than Hi-Fi Rush had last year. Yes, I think this is a Game of the Year contender. Okay. The 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 amount of quality and care that went into this game is absurd. I was not expecting it whatsoever. The boss fights on this game are fucking incredible. Like they will beat your ass, but it, everything is fair, and it's it's a great feeling. This is definitely the year Metroidvania. Silk Song soon. The real leader of Metroidvania is what, yeah. Is Wolf still not bad? No, I think he is. I don't know. Let's just go on the bench. All right, bench. So I'll, I'll also do a number rating for everything and then round back to like two or three. Red Dead 2, 10 out of 10. Loved all of it. God of War Valhalla, probably a solid 7 out of 10. Very overrated. Uh, Pokemon Shut deals. up, bench. I come back to this bullshit. I, I, God of War. I don't like well, I don't like roguelikes. Yeah, that it, it's oh no, it's a me problem for sure. I just found out I didn't like roguelikes. Story was good though. Pokemon DLC, I'd probably give an eight out of ten. I played both of them and it was just I had some issues with the second one, but I liked the time I played. Sekiro, I played like a, I beat that surprisingly. I never expected to beat that. Nine out of ten. Just I think the game is too directionless sometimes and it throwing a ton of enemies at you feels like bad design rather than fun combat because the game is very one-on-one based and it kind of feels it works too. <laughs> it, it it's like trying to make it hard artificially and it doesn't feel great sometimes 
Alan Wake 1, I'd give a 9 out of 10 along with its DLC. I just, I loved Alan Wake 1. And then I played Control, I'd probably give it like a 9.5. That That's just another... Remedy games are just a different breed. I also played the Alan Wake spinoff, which I expected to be bad, and I'd give that like an 8 out of 10. That was I had a really good time with that. Near Automata I played a solid 8 out of 10. Probably... Definitely overall disappointed with the game, and I think it's just very dated in a lot of its design. It, I do prefer Replicant, but Re- Automata is still good. Now, I think it's dated with a lot of its design choices. With, like, it just doesn't feel good. Plus, like, Dark. I don't know. A lot of the ending stuff kind of was... Like, I die, because I did, like, some sort of ending, and it reloaded me 30 minutes before, and that was frustrating. You and then I, the tutorial? No, I'm not even talking yeah, about. I'm not even talking about the tutorial. There are times whenever so, somehow, some way, activated an ending and it made me reload my save, and the game does not auto save. Yeah, so, I, re- I respect you sticking with your guns, man. Don't let them little weirdos. Yeah. Oh my guns. god! You, you know, you would you would not be saying this if like I was shit talking Last of Us. <laughs> you I know would. That. You have, and I don't care. I'm, and then I, I have it. Wait, I have problem. Wait, hang on. I'm probably the most positive on Last of Us here. Oh, y'all can beef later. I beat Trails into Reverie, the last Trails game I had to play, and that's a ten out of ten, absolute masterpiece. Not with the, open you, the best in the best in the franchise. Like the way that it upped, like the pacing in the game was just easily the best of the franchise. And some of the games have good pacing, really good pacing. And then the combat was just like an all-time great. And then just like the quality of the game, like it just beefed up, and like it finally. Trails found its own, like, style in 3D, something it lacked for a while, and I hear that carries over to Daybreak, so I'm very excited, and I just can't gush enough about this game. And then Fusion bullied me into playing Astro's Playroom, and I literally, beat, I literally beat that game in one sitting, and that is, like, one of the best... I'm not a 3, 3D platformer guy, but that's one of the best 3D platformers I've ever played. Like, better than Odyssey, like, come Shut on, up. It's, it's so good. Shut up. They're, no, these two. Dude. By the way, I want to point out these two ponies want to say that. Okay, so just want to. I think that. Mario Odyssey very good as well. They're, yeah, no, Mario you don't. You don't. Yeah, I do. No, I give Mario no, Odyssey a nine. That's a good you don't like right it there. the way I like it. Yeah, well, probably not because you've been playing Mario since you were like two or something. Yeah, I think Ast- I'd give Astro a nine out of ten. I think some of the like suits you get, one or two of them are a little just funky. Like the monkey one was a little funky. And just like, I did like 100% the game though, so I in like one sitting, so that was really good. Real quick, I want to point out, okay, real quick, nobody brought up Odyssey. <laughs> I know, but They're I different did. different games. Yeah, okay, well, you're an idiot. I did. <laughs> what, what else have you been playing? And then I'm four hours into The Last of Us 2. I started that today. And I mean, this I've had my jaw on the floor these whole four hours. Like, the way the graphics in these this game... It's just mind-blowing. Like, I don't know how it's real, because it looks like real life. And then you have the gameplay to back it up, and the gameplay is just, like, so fun. And, like, it also, like, I feel like shit when I kill someone. Like, I had the first, like, human-to-human combat encounter, besides, like, cutscenes and stuff, or, like, a couple hours ago, and it's like, damn. Like, it feels impactful. And, like, when you get shot, like, Ellie's just blown, like, on her butt. Like, it, you feel the impact of everything. It's just, like, so good. I, I'm four hours in, and I can't wait to play more. I wish I was playing it right now. That's what I, that's what I love to hear. That's the best part of tonight's podcast, was right there. That's what I was waiting for all night. 
And I thought Vinch was going to troll me, but instead he just came in with fire. Honestly, that, didn't even cross my mind because I'm enjoying this game so much. That's what I love to hear right there. Anyway, oh, as you said, we saved the best for last, so Wolf. Actually, there, I remembered Thanks. one thing I wanted to say about Uncharted 3. Okay, okay. anyways, well, I, 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 <laughs> so, Any, no, so you no, know how. No, 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 no! <laughs> this is not even a complaint. Well, it's kind of a, it's more of a mystery. Okay, so on all of the marketing for this game, there is a scene with Drake in the desert and the plane crash and he's like falling out of the sky and all that. That part of the game literally takes like five minutes. <laughs> Why Welcome is that everywhere? Audience, <laughs> I'd like you to know that Wolf has muted and deafened himself. I <laughs> hear what's being said. It's like, why is that whole segment five minutes long? And yet it's the poster child for the whole game. And I go, when I got to that, I'm like, okay, cool. This is the poster child of this game. This is what it's known for. This is what they ripped off for the movie. And it was like five minutes long. Then he spent another 10 minutes wandering in the desert. Well, I'm assuming it was like days in the game. And then we finally moved on. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Uh, I, do, I do remember that part being very short. Yeah, I, it was literally five minutes. Like... It was a couple, like, QTEs, and then he fell out of the plane, and then we wandered around the desert, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I, I mean, not, but I'm not going to go into Last of Us Part 2 trailer stuff, but Naughty Dog has always done things with their trailers where they try, they genuinely try to, like, trick the player. And, like, they've got, they didn't get, start getting hate for it until, like, Part 2, but they genuinely try in their trailers to, like, show things off in a way where it's, like, this isn't actually how the game plays so like i'm not surprised uncharted 3's trailer and all that was like i understand it wasn't even the trailer it was just like it's all the oh marketing. yeah the whole exactly the cover <laughs> the cover yeah, it's of the, the cover game. it's the marketing it was everything like they made a big deal out of this falling out of the plane scene which it was nice but it lasted all of 30 seconds and okay yeah obviously you're not going to stretch out falling out of a plane but like the aftermath of that should have been a bigger deal part of the game we'll say yeah. about last of us too like the level design increased from one part one to part two. It's just like insane. Like walking around, I like in downtown Seattle, I think, or whatever, in the first part. Like it's just like I'm exploring. I'm getting like a story of like the Washington Liberation Front. Like it's just like I'm so immersed and so invested now that I can't wait for more. Breach, brother. Breach. Okay, now we can um, we can go back to this other guy. Well, well that bench can talk even more. Oh, that was that's everything I had to say. I, played I, a lot of games. I appreciate it. Good stuff. We're on to you, Mister Podcast Boy. Podcast Boy. I'm the Podcast Boy. <laughs> He's like the Water Boy. Hey, Bench. <laughs> by the way, I see on the dock. Um, if you put mid side again, you fucking little kid. Trail sucks. By the way, I want to point that out. Really horrible franchise. What is this? Oh, like, why would great. anyone play that? Final Fantasy low tier franchise as well. Like this is insane. Like I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I get to talk about my games in this sea of hatred. I feel. Uh, so over the break, I didn't play that many as much as I actually wanted to play games. Was um, I was busy with some stuff, but I did get through some good stuff. Uh, big ones are Limbo and Inside. I played Ed was a company that I've been always interested in checking out their games and limbo was kind of like this classic xbox 360 hidden gem uh xbox live arcade type game and I'll, i overall really loved my time with it as just like a nice little puzzle platformer it really hit the itch and 
also showed me just like the their capabilities in creating like really strong world building throughout any with no dialogue and i genuinely think that's some of the most impressive in gaming in that regard but what actually impressed me more was inside which is genuinely a game that i cannot believe is as good as it is mainly from an audio design standpoint some of the best in the business but also just that world building the way that they tell their story without a line of dialogue you're just walking solving puzzles and you slowly try to uncover more about the world and you're trying to create these theories as you go it's 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 a fascinating experience that i really can't do justice just talking about it i feel like it's a game you have to play fusion i feel like especially you'd be really into inside it's something that i really want to hear your personal like viewpoint on the game is it because is it an, I, I, I i don't huh is it an experience game no it's, it's 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 not an experience game. I don't think I would call it that because it is genuinely like really strong puzzles and like the platforming is very solid as well. It's just the actual like the story of that's being told, I guess, is kind of an experience in a lot of ways, you could say. But like every game is an experience in some way. But like this is very much like a game as well as telling you this story through its world and its storytelling. It, 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 it's hard to explain. Like I said, it's very hard to explain. But I will say, if you do play Inside, I always tell people this. Play it in one sitting. It is about a three-hour game. Three and a half hours, more like. But it is a game that's best played in one sitting because of kind of experiencing that story all at once and understanding where they are going with it. Where my thoughts on the game from the beginning to the end, really, it felt like a roller coaster. And I can't quite explain what makes it so special without people actually playing it. I will say, I om- this is going to hurt you, I almost played it yesterday. Almost. Oh. I, almost, I had just enough time where I was like, I could probably play it, but it was one of those scenarios where I was like, I want to beat this in one sitting, but I di- so I didn't, because after I beat Crisis Score, I was like, I, pr- I probably have like a couple hours where I could start something, and I was so close to like starting it, but I just couldn't. <laughs> I, couldn't I couldn't press play. No, if that's actually good because I do want you to play that game in one sitting. <laughs> like it is definitely one of those games that like it is expanded upon it greatly because of its one sitting experience. Um, and then moving on, <laughs> I played the Crisis Trilogy. All I want to say about the Crisis Trilogy that is the most man. Those are first person shooters. <laughs> I'm a sucker for PS3 era FPS campaigns. Like those are just some of my favorite games to go back and clown on. But also, like, I have a lot of love for them as well. And the Crisis games, there's just not a lot to them. I think Crisis 1 is an extremely impressive game for the game uh, time it came out in 2007. But, like, you go into Crisis 2 and 3, they're very much just, like, militaristic sci-fi shooters. And there's not really much to them story or gameplay-wise. But there were some cool ideas there. And I was, I, was I, I overall enjoyed my time playing through that trilogy. And then I played Earthbound, which is a game that's been on my backlog since like the beginning of time and it's a game I've always wanted to like understand it, why the hype was there and it worth the hype? it's 100% worth the hype it is easily one of my favorite JRPGs of all time it's it, it's a game that has a sense of humor very similar to Undertale because you know Undertale was very much inspired by Earthbound but it has this like very quirky almost like 90s the, kind of like the 90s view of 50s sci-fi if that makes sense where it's like that 50s sci-fi aesthetic adds so much to that kind of like Americana pop culture vibe while also just having this like cool, like it's very much an alien invasion storyline, 
with these weird kooky characters that all have these wild ass one-liners well just having a strong ass combat system and also innovations in the jrpg genre that was very surprising for a, a game from 1994 this game has no random encounters you see the enemies in the field which was not a common spread thing in games until like 20 years after this game came out and it also has one of the most interesting jrpg combat um combat systems i've ever seen where you have this you know classic turn-based jrpg combat but they do this thing where your health is basically like a roulette wheel i, I don't know how you call it. it's like a rolling health bar it's like slowly rolling down and when an enemy attacks you your health rolls down and it, it could say this is a mortal hit it takes your health down to zero and what you can do in that time is you can heal you can protect your character you have time to think about what's happening while you're getting attacked and it creates this sense of like urgency while also allowing you the time to think to strategize how you're going to proceed throughout the rest of the battle i do think that has issues i think just 90s jrpgs have a really bad sense of design when it comes to telling you where to go and also i think that there are parts of the game that have a weird difficulty spike overall though one of my favorites one of my favorite games of all time i absolutely love earthbound as well I have a couple and then questions. batman yeah go ahead do you think you'll ever play mother one or go to mother three I don't think I'll do Earthbound Beginnings because that's an NES era so RPG. You think it wasn't needed or anything? No, no. I, I mean, it's needed in some way. You don't need to play Earthbound Beginnings. I think it's very much you could jump right into Earthbound. It is its own self-contained story. And the same with Mother 3, actually. They are all self-contained stories. Mother 3, I definitely want to play like way, way more now, especially after playing Earthbound. But, you know, yeah. Nintendo is funny, so I got to use that fan, fan translation. Earthbound is up there along with now golden sun so i'll make sure to get to that this year um yeah i think you'd be into it I, i'm interested to actually hear your thoughts on that one next is batman arkham knight <laughs> dark let me tell you about this game oh, yeah. <laughs> listen okay when you're playing as batman it's fucking incredible it is that classic batman arkham vibe the aesthetic the city i actually think the open world in this game just maybe a hot take i think it works a bit better than arkham city's open world it's just a more fun open world to explore and jump around the buildings and use the bat line and use the batmobile but then there's the tank and this whole ass part of the game where you have to use a tank to destroy other tanks it is the weirdest design decision i've ever seen where they said hey batman is in a tank now which is not how he fights <laughs> that's just strange to me one thing alone really brought down the game for me it's still an 8 out of 10 i think it's still a very solid experience but i kind of come out of it saying like i like i arkham asylum the most still like that's still easily my favorite um and then vanquish i played a bit of that or i played through that whole game fucking incredible just a dumb fun third person shooter from platinum games platinum games never misses i did not, not much else to say it is just a really fucking cool game <laughs> it is one of those games where you're like that is so fucking sick every time every five seconds and finally, I played uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, um, about like, what, like a few hours in, and I also have been absolutely loving it. Um, I know Dark's been praising it as well. It's definitely a game that's going to be high on my game of the year list, I think, at least in the top 10. It's just, Metroidvanias are just a broken genre. They always hit for me. And yeah, that's about everything I've played. Oh, also, okay, I'm getting roasted about this in chat. I also kind of got addicted to Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> That's kind of why I didn't play as many games as usual. <laughs> but listen, it's a good game, okay? 
your game of the year yet last year, some would say. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> you, you played, you power washed for like 50 hours, Wolf. What year did that game come out? 2022? Like 2022. Do you think if you discovered it, it would have been on your list? Or is that not a game you would have put on it? It would have been in my top 10 list. Okay. But uh, it, I didn't put it. High respect. Uh, but... top... No, not top five. Okay. It's like right, it's Elden Ring, and then right behind it, just fire wash and be like this. <laughs> that would have looked so fucking funny. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been pissed. Uh, but yeah, that's everything I'm gonna do. Uh, Moon, you can handle outros now. What is no, that? we can't even muted, buddy. Moon, Moon wake up! <laughs> no, sorry, I had to pause Netflix. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, uh, looks like we are gonna be wrapping up here for the foreseeable future. So, what we're gonna be doing is uh, I think I mentioned this both on the last episode, but I'm just going to remind you here that the next two episodes where we're going to have these topics again to where we're going to be discussing what we think the year will look like for both PlayStation and Nintendo. Currently, the plan is uh, PlayStation next week and Nintendo after that. Unless something happens, like a sudden state of play happens or a Nintendo Direct gets shadow dropped on us, uh, that is the plan. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because that'll be a lot more speculative because... At least with Xbox, we have the uh, developer direct to work off of. So be sure to look forward to that. So it's a good way to start off the new year uh, with a nice almost three hour long episode. Again, this is becoming a regular for us. This is a problem, <laughs> but I hope you all enjoyed. So make sure it's to leave a Xbox. like, comment, subscribe, <laughs> all that other good stuff. And we will see you guys next week for the next episode. Say goodnight, everyone. Good have night. a good Friday night. 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 Dream big. Dream big? <laughs> I'll let your dreams be dreams. Oh my god, we're using 2010 memes now. Okay, just.